Hello there, and welcome to the Literarily Trash Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Roseanne. I'm Vanessa. I'm Samantha. And I'm Stephanie. And we're four sisters who love to read, drink, and talk shit. If you check any of those boxes, or hell, if you're just looking for some solid entertainment, you've come to the right place. Our exclusive book club is now open to the public. So grab a drink, pull up a chair, and let's talk some shit. Oh, and hey, listener discretion is advised. Let me just get my cooler. All right, guys, I have an important question. Should I drink a truly fruit punch at 5% alcohol or a truly classic lime margarita style at 5.3% alcohol? I would say all trulys belong in the trash, but if you're (laughs) going for loud and proud, 5.3 all the way. All righty. Here it is, guys. All right. Nice redneck opening. We like it. Cheers, Cheers everyone. Cheers to the very Cheers. spooky episode eight of the Literarily Trash podcast. Happy Halloween. Happy hello. Actually, by the time you guys hear this, Halloween will have come and gone. Yeah, because we're a little yeah. early. We're getting ahead. True. So happy Halloween uh, after. Well, you're actually eating all the candy. That's what you're doing now. Yeah, you're eating your kids' candy now. Mm-hmm. You're regretting life's choices. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have Halloween costumes picked out or anything yet? Um, Matching family. I'm trying costumes? to convince Ben to do one with me. We are actually going to. You guys know he's a bit of a widespread panic, like spread head as they <laughs> call. So he got tickets to the Halloween spread show in Savannah. It happens to be during the Georgia Florida football weekend so i'm trying to get him to go as a football player with me see what happens or maybe i'll be the football player and he could be the cheerleader undecided working on no you be a referee because you can look cute as a referee okay i can probably yeah anyway that's what i'm trying to get him to do see what happens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tristan said he wanted to be spider-man so now i'm looking for spider-man onesies of course for (laughs) terrence as well and then I was going to be the spider, you know, that bites them, makes them Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Cute. That's cute. And I nice. found some cute stuff on Amazon. Be a yeah. Black Widow. God. Yeah. What was the world Black like? Man. Yeah. What was the world like before Amazon, guys? Uh, we had to go to Party City and like uh-huh. throw bows for costumes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. And you just pray to God that that small fit. Like, because <laughs> yeah. that's all that was left. Yeah. No. That's uh, literally, I don't, yeah. Sam, do you do Halloween stuff? Yeah. Um, so we did, we used to before soccer, like completely just took over every weekend and every holiday. Um, but we did used to go to actually the hunting property. His family has some hunting property and like all the, it was actually great. All the adults dress up as, as like couple costumes and they don't tell anybody till we're there. So everybody goes off and dresses up and then comes back out to the bonfire. And like, it's just fun. It's like a little reveal. Um, everybody's got good ones. Like when, um, What's this guy? The, yeah. the Tiger King guy. When he was out, there was somebody oh, did that yeah. one. Um, yeah, there's there's been uh, Pee Wee Herman was one of them. Penny always does good ones. Actually, she's really good at, at picking out costumes, like real unique. 
Um, she won't even tell us. She won't even tell us what she does each year. We have to find <laughs> out like when she does it. <laughs> um, but prior, you know, honestly, outside of that, heaven does stuff. So we just take her where she wants mm. to go. So. Mm-hmm. What about I'm you? I'm just Steph? not into Halloween. I never have been like, it's never been, I mean, none of us were into Halloween growing up, of course. I mean, you guys might've done more stuff than I did, but I was. Well, oh, we wanted to be. Yeah. And you guys probably, I mean. <laughs> I got to do it for no, that's, years. I was about to say, let's be real. I feel like y'all got probably to got years. to experience it. I never experienced Halloween. It was always, we went to the movies or bowling or something. Like, it was never. So, it, it literally, it doesn't yeah. even, like, I forget about it. Like, I don't think I've actually ever dressed up. I think I put on, like, devil horns when I was 18. I mean, that's probably as far horror. as I've ever taken <laughs> it. some kind of slutty yeah, attire. Yeah, I did, you know, I think, like, Bo's first <laughs> Halloween, he was a giraffe, which was super freaking cute. Um, and then his second year, he was a gnome, a yeah. garden gnome. And that was also very cute. Oh, God. I know. I know. Well, it's hard because, like, we don't live – obviously, where we live, you don't go trick-or-treating. Like, you don't go walking down the road. Like, you know, you'll die. So um, we don't. Um, that Jesus guy, the the Jesus with the carousel in the front yard will get you. <laughs> I bet that place is, right, exactly. I bet that place is so lit on Halloween. Yeah, it's one of the, the big downsides. Oh, there's a deer outside my window. Um, anyway, it's one of the big downsides to not living in a, oh, but I didn't, uh, one of the big downsides to not having an age that way. I don't know. I think I got a snack. Um, yeah. So we don't really do Halloween. I don't do anything. You know, we've talked about Roseanne coming back to you guys and going in your neighborhood and stuff, but I don't know. We have to give up like a whole weekend to go back. I know, but it's like a whole weekend to go back to Georgia to do anything fun. You know, like we have to give up a whole weekend. So it's. Mm -hmm. And it's during a, the week. Yeah. So that sucks yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is that when everybody's doing it? Yeah. Halloween doesn't change just because it's on a different day of the week. Um, well, I thought sometimes they'd do it. Yeah. I thought they'd do it like different events. Like, so we've, we've gone camping before, you know, to try to go on Halloween. But we, we miss it because they go like – they do it like on the Saturday night before whatever – before Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – A lot of communities do – what are the trunk or treats or something like that? Does your tiny little town not have like a park or something that they do trunk or treats? A lot I'm, of the churches I'm sure they, like that, which is quite I'm sure they probably but. do, but I'm not, um, I'm not the one Greg has to do all the holiday stuff. Otherwise I'll be like, it's Tuesday, like taco oh Tuesday. God. Let's watch law and order on the couch. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to go to a trunk or treat and socialize and be around people. Like, no, it, it ain't no. So Greg has to, he has to spearhead that. We'll see what he does. Um, good luck Bo. In life, yeah, I was about to, about to <laughs> in say, all like, aspects. You know, you're, yeah. As you get a child, you're supposed to like experience life through your child's eyes, and mm-hmm. I see you're having Bo experience life through is it, your. Is it like? Yes, does it like Halloween? Like strike <laughs> you as like Halloween weird or not? No, no, it sounds yeah, it's weird, but no. it's fun for kids, mm-hmm. and I like dressing up. I love torturing my husband with shit like this. So There's yeah, a lot I'm of stuff all for I think it. is fun that uh, I love it. Probably don't so. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. We could spend a lot of time on that. Do we have the time? <laughs> we do not. I, would just, I have to say real quick, the first, first Halloween, we all dressed up as a family. Um, Tristan and Terrence were Dalmatians and I was Cruella DeVille, but my husband was such a good sport. He had a, a Dalmatian onesie and when he walked, the <laughs> tail wagged and it was so fucking hilarious he hated he hated it so much but he did it and it was so cute and i just i just i always have that fond memory 
ooh, I think I have a video. That, that's if cute. you know, you know, yeah. if you know, you know, that's cute. <laughs> it's so funny. He's walking, carrying oh Tristan, his tail's wagging in the cul-de-sac. It's hilarious. I'll have to, <laughs> that's funny. I'll have to dig that's it up. Funny. But anyways, mm-hmm. I love Halloween have for those family reasons. Ones. Yeah. We it's used fun. to not really do Halloween mm-hmm. either. Cause I, you know, when the kids were real, real little, we did the trunk or treats cause we lived in the mountains and you cannot trick or treat on a mountain. It just doesn't work with little kids. So we would go to the farm and we would spend a whole weekend with Stephanie and we decided when we would do it instead of doing trick-or-treating we would see what kind of crazy shit we could do to a pumpkin mm-hmm. and so I think Greg's Greg spearheaded this mm-hmm. he would go and we go to one of those Halloween patches and pick like the biggest ass pumpkins they could find or the tiniest ones whatever and we would experiment on whose would explode the best mm-hmm. like Greg would drop them from the top of the tractor he would get the boys on the top of the barn and they would take turns pushing it down to see which one went the farthest and splattered mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, I think one year he got Haley to shoot, mm-hmm. or all the kids to shoot the shotgun and see if they could actually hit mm-hmm. the targets. It was really cute. It was fun back then. Mm-hmm. Now That's my kids fun. suck, but back then mm-hmm. it was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Yeah, they used to, oh yeah, they used to come out every year. <laughs> yeah, he would even let me stab pumpkin sometime, which that. Mm-hmm. It felt that's good. nice satisfying yeah very good it's nice i would recommend yeah. if you have the yeah. opportunity to do a little rage room on pumpkins this year have a go at it stab them shoot them hammer <laughs> you know you could do every mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, you could do everything that happens to the pranksters in this book Ooh. because you know what sucks it's it absolutely carving. sucks it's the worst <laughs> Really, does. I I it's cannot. I would much rather like the tools are so oh my god. Oh yeah, they I would are much little tools. <laughs> sucks so bad. My fingers hurt. Like I would much rather do some stabbing, mm-hmm. like you said, or like yeah, just fucking like throw it off the mm-hmm. house. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> um, speaking of carving, I have a great idea. I'm going to try this year which is letting your chickens carve your pumpkin for you. So I saw, I, I can't remember, I think it was Jenny. Hey, Jenny, if you're listening, Jenny Wilkie. Um, she, she sent me a um, TikTok or Instagram or something, and it was basically what you do is you kind of carve out, at least scrape off like the hard outside of the pumpkin, the design you want to say. You just want to do like a typical jack-o'-lantern. Jack, jack-o'-lantern. Jack-o'-lantern. I am not editing that. Jack-o'-lantern. No. <laughs> It's that new thing that's out right now. <laughs> but, um, but you kind of carve out like that part and then they peck the rest of it is what they're supposed to do. So I'm going to experiment and I'm going to let you guys know how that goes. <laughs> I would love for you to definitely experiment. I, I grew yes. pumpkins this year. I actually <laughs> grew cute. carving pumpkins, but I grew them too early. So I actually harvested them like in August and they've just been like sitting around. They're getting there. Like where they're a little bit, it's a little too much now. So it's time to, to move them on down the road. I miscalculated <laughs> a little bit. I really wanted, I was actually growing them, Roseanne, for the boys. I wanted Tristan to have one too. And, and some of those other little friends, I wanted them to have a homegrown pumpkin, but I um, overshot a little bit. So a- another, another false, false promise. Another false by promise. Stephanie. <laughs> God, I'm still waiting for my fucking homemade loofah and your goat soap. Oh, oh yeah. God. You were going to write us. God. That yeah. was two houses ago, I think. That was it two was. houses ago. It was. It was. So long ago. Oh, what I am doing for you guys this year, I have collected you and I've already started it. So I should, I should, those with ADHD okay. will get it. I'm really good at starting projects. Super good. It's that closing of the loop and getting them out the door. I have a lot of presents for you guys that I have here at this house that have just never actually made it to you. It's fascinating. Anyways, 
What Bo and I have done is we are making little gifts. We're making little seed packets out of wrapping paper. And I've collected a bunch of my flower seeds for you guys. And I've made like little mixed packets for you guys of seeds. Mm-hmm. I like and they're that. just and they're just sprinkle. Cute. It's my zinnias. It's a it's yeah. a big mixture of zinnias. They're all hybrid. Like you're not. I have no idea what they're gonna look like because they all cross pollinate. Uh-huh. So we're all about to find out together. Um, and so you'll just sprinkle them on the ground and let them go, and they'll do. They'll be gorgeous all all summer long. Yeah. How tall? That's awesome. Does a zinnia get? Um, is this the six six foot? No, foot no. My foot? tallest ones are probably like at my. I'll do the math. Yeah, it's fine. Maybe maybe three foot, maybe three foot, two and a half, three feet high. Yeah. Okay. But they go. They just they get really big, and they yeah, you'll love it. So I am doing that for you guys. We'll see if you get it. I hope you do. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Don't try them out. I'm not going to get excited. Um, you got me a plant that has been very happy on my back porch. So actually, I thank you for my gift from last year. It's loving life back there. It likes the weather here. So thank you. Excuse me. What gifts did she get? I got Vanessa that. and I went on a camping trip and we exchanged gifts on the camping trip together. Wow. I have wow. your gifts okay. for you that I bought from that trip. You just don't have them. I do. But they're yours. <laughs> oh my God. It's just when you think. She can't get any more shittier. <laughs> I even said, Greg recently was, he asked me, do you, he said, what are you, what are you getting for your sisters this year? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. Does it matter? I'm going to keep it anyways. <laughs> like they're not going to end up getting <laughs> wow. it because no, no, no. Because like we, it takes, Roseanne, how long did it take me to get you your pants back? I forget. And then I don't see you guys for a long time. And then time passes and it's like, do you really still want this? Like, I mean, you probably do. <laughs> yeah, I was going to, is that, is that your, your, uh, what you do? You're like, I'm just going to hold it long enough until they don't want it anymore. I collect stuff for you guys all year wow. long. I'm not wow. hospitable, guys. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a character flaw. I know that about myself. I find random things and I fill it in a bag for each of you as the year goes on. So when I when the time yeah. comes, Vanessa's very thoughtful. There's all kinds of cute little yeah. things in it. No, you are. She yeah, is. Vanessa's yeah. gift. Like when you get she a gift is. from Vanessa, like you can tell, like she picked that stuff out for you. It wasn't mm-hmm. like some blanket gift. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it was stuff that like literally matches you. Yeah, she does a good job. Mm-hmm. I work hard. Thanks, yeah. guys, for kudos, Vanessa. You want to know what it is? Is being yeah. thoughtful. Michelle one year got me like the best situation, and then I realized that I needed to step my game up because I love Michelle to death. Michelle's mm-hmm. our sister in law. We adore her, but she's the better sister out of all of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to not. I need to step my game up. So, oh, that's why I started doing. Well, she's very thoughtful. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. beyond thoughtful. Like she's yeah. the most amazing creature on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Vanessa, I have to shout you out for your thoughtful gift that you bought our brother for his 40th birthday. Oh, yeah. What up, Frank? What up, Um, Frank Let's shout out our brother. Um, So he calls us godless Jezebels, godless Mm -hmm. whores, a myriad of nicknames, all basically um, synonymous with whore in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, but he still listens. And he's been asking for audible recs. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, you know, changing the world one person at a time, getting them to read or listen, whatever. Anyways, so um, Vanessa found a Lego set that shaped like, was it a machine gun? Like what no, was it? No, it's the ship. It's from a gun, the right? No, it's the ship from the Mandalorian. Oh my God, I'm so fucking dumb. And you also dumb. obviously not a nerd. <laughs> Some Star Trek shit. Oh my god! Never mind. Star it's not Wars. even cool. It's Star Wars. Star- 
It's the Star other Star, Wars. Roseanne. Oh, damn, Take Roseanne. me out of this segment. Take me out of this. I thought it was a machine gun. It has like oh my little God. engines on it and stuff. I was gonna say it's got it's got a Tommy gun look. If you did yeah. a quick look, like a quick, I look totally at it, thought it like, was maybe. a gun. I mean, now it's lame. Ugh. He likes Star. He collects big Star Wars things. So anyway, that's why. Well, okay, yeah. that was very thoughtful of you. Yeah. So yeah, thoughtfulness mm-hmm. strikes again. Well, yes. It was, and it has like, it's got almost like 7,000 pieces in it or something. So he'll be busy for a long ass time. Mm, he'll never finish. He'll never finish. <laughs> he better fucking finish. He's going to lose a piece. <laughs> oh, and, um, well, I, so Ben and I, speaking of our brother, we went down for his fourth birthday um, and he's in Fort Lauderdale. So we went down there and. Got to meet up with a lot of our family and friends from down there. All the cousins were at his party. And I just wanted to say a huge shout out to all of our Florida cousins. You guys are amazing. I loved getting to see all of you. You guys made me really happy and smile a lot when you guys were mentioning our podcast. We had no idea any of you guys were even listening. So huge shout out to our family. Couldn't do it without you guys. Absolutely love you all. And one of our cousins just had her baby girl. So congratulations on that too. Yeah, another addition to the Walker clan. God, how many are there? I'm a little love bugs. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I love them. They're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Rosanna. I just like cousins are no cousins are so fun. They're like you know sisters are cool too, but like cousins are like I think they reference them yeah. as like your first best friends mm-hmm, in life, you mm-hmm. know. And like just my best memories of. All of my younger years involve Florida and my cousins. Like, so I hope that you guys know that forever and ever remember best memories ever with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I got to meet Caleb, which is one of our other little newest, newest yep. uh, cousins to the family. It was so, I mean, it was so fun. I, I loved every second of it. I miss them all the time and I just, mm-hmm. it was wonderful. So yeah, need to go down more often. But it's fun though. It's like you, yeah. you, we go, well, sometimes we'll go years, unfortunately, mm-hmm. without seeing some of them. But it, it never seems like that once you're back together. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's the best friend bond. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you just pick right back up where you left off. No explanation needed. You're just like, mm-hmm. it's a kindred soul spirit mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yep. Agreed. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. To cousins. <laughs> to cousins. Cheers to Cheers cousins. Cheers to cousins. First best friends. Roseanne, you're, in your old age with your child, you have softened. What? You have softened. Really? I know. You're just what did I do to now? the first the first best friends. Like you're just like a Hallmark card sometimes. You really are. You are. Oh my god. You are a Hallmark card. Hello, my little love. Bugs. I cannot think I cannot think of a word. <laughs> a worse description of me, a Hallmark card. Sometimes yeah. I've let myself go. <laughs> I will say I am embracing every um, every basic bitch mom sports thing. I'm embracing that for sure. I'm I'm loving that era in my life. Um, but calling myself a Hallmark card, I feel like that's going a little too far. No, yeah, you'll be okay. You've called me worse. <laughs> you deserved it. <laughs> Anyways, anyone else do anything fun? I've had a boring life lately. So anyone else? I was going to say, I got one more before we get to the book. And this is for you, Rosie. So I got to know, how are you feeling about this whole 
Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing that's going on mm. right now. Because mm. I know you had me. the hots for Kelsey. Mm. That's what I said. I said, Rosie, mm. how do you feel? Oh, I really want to oh. know. <laughs> um, not well, because for one, <laughs> here we go. Okay. Travis Kelsey is a beautiful specimen of a, a, specimen of a man. Taylor Swift, I'm sorry, but she's not. She's not even in the same realm, I feel like, hotness-wise, coolness-wise. I I would not see them together at all. Like, I don't like it at all. I hate how I'm scrolling through Instagram. Everything is a fucking mm-hmm. photo op with Taylor Swift. Like, I don't care. Come on, Travis. There's got to be somebody else cooler out there than Taylor Swift. Does she seem a little fun? Yeah, cool. But come on, hotness factor, there's hotter bitches. Vanessa? Roseanne, she's getting she's getting them to sell out everything. Like she is hotter than I think you give your I, you give her credit for. Do I find her to be? Beautiful? I'm not saying yes. ho- I'm I talking think she's about hot. Maybe not, but she is. Hot I'm talking shit looks for the rest wise. Of the people. Yeah, it, I understand that. But you said she's that. not and, cool. Uh, she's I, not anything else. But she really is. She's no. Amazing. I said he picked a good okay. person. Okay. Ooh. I'm not. I'm no, not like. He I'm did. not like. <laughs> No, he look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be devil's advocate. I get Man. you, Rosie. Roseanne. Travis Kelsey uh, and Taylor Swift are two totally different, are different people, and it is weird. I and I agree. agree. In fact, if I have to hear Brett talk about it one more time, I might blow my brains out. <laughs> like my husband has never cared about Taylor Swift until he started dating. No, she started dating Travis. What Kelsey. does he say that like? <laughs> and now he thinks she's pretty. Too. He thinks she's hot. I'm like Brett. I was like Taylor Swift just looked the exact same since she has been 13 years old. Like literally the yeah. exact same. Like good for her too. She still looks the same, but. Like she's with the same person, so she's not instantly hotter now that she's with Travis Kelsey. Like it just is what no. it is. But you're right; it is everywhere. Um, he got like I, yeah. almost a million new followers mm-hmm. just because he's talking to Taylor Swift. I told you, <laughs> pick the right one. Now that's what I'm saying by this: is he picked the right person to advance him in some way, shape, or form because she is the hottest thing out there. Whether you like her or Samantha likes her or I like her, it doesn't matter. She is a hot thing out there, and he picked the right person to show up to his games because they are now have like fandom out the wazoo for them, and it's amazing. Excuse me, if you're a football fan, Travis Kelsey doesn't need a fucking plug. Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. He is the tight end that you want on your fantasy team. He is. If you're a Chiefs fan, he's the fucking holy grail for you. Fuck, fuck Mahomes. Fuck him and his weird wife. Like you're a Kelsey guy. Wow, like, <laughs> you're really on a roll. This is you're like bashing these women. No, this today. is like <laughs> I am. No, this is like no, pop culture, like taking over uh-huh. shit that doesn't yeah. have any fucking place. Yes, okay. Taylor Swift has no place in football. <laughs> it's like it's, no, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. What I what I just hate is I hate I hate how like pop culture grabs and runs. I hate that nowadays. Like it's like things that are so dumb get out of control. And now all you see is a bunch of dumb reels and TikToks of girls making jokes about learning football because Taylor's involved. And like it's yes. all just so annoying because they're ruining like, they, they, they ruin the good stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You know, yeah. like bitch, I've been cool. Okay, like catch up. <laughs> if you're a Swifty mm-hmm. fan out there, please know we do not hate you unlike what Roseanne is um, I do oh <laughs> okay uh, hate's a strong word do I understand you no that's it <laughs> yes <laughs> but it leans no I don't hate. understand the mind of a Swifty <laughs> it rhymes with mate <laughs> no 
I, I don't. I don't understand Swifty minds. But anyways, give me off this fucking subject because I will go on and on. I've already shared hella memes on like my personal Instagram. <laughs> people are people are doing uh, lip reading of what he was saying when he was looking up at the. It wasn't even her, but like people interpreted what they thought he was saying when they thought he was looking at her. I mean, it's bullshit. It's there was a deaf woman on there doing lip reading interpretation with sign language and a translator. Yes. I'm like, this is extra and like too much. It's too much. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Ukraine, wow. like Ukraine is still in shambles and we're like over here hyper fixated <laughs> on Taylor <laughs> Swift and Kelsey. Like it's too much. Yeah. Don't even get Greta Thunberg going on, a <laughs> on the desecration of the planet. Basically, there's a lot of shit going on we need to care about <laughs> other than fucking Taylor and Kelsey. There is. Like right now, you guys, your monarch butterflies are making their migration back through the southern states. So please don't spray. We've seen a lot that remember Sammy? Remember Sammy when you pulled when you pulled the monarch out of my grill? I do. I, I tried to save as much of it as I could. How do you know it was a monarch? <laughs> are you sure? Yeah, uh, uh, we didn't. I don't know. Because they okay, it was, it was, it was a monarch. It was, it was a beautiful one. I know what a monarch looks like. I'm not a fucking invalid. It was yellow. <laughs> Aren't monarchs orange or does it not matter? They're orange. They're either. orange as They're fuck. Orange. You thought it was yellow? Orange and black. I think it was more yellow, wasn't it, Rosie? Look at her. She's like, I know what a monarch take, is. I was gonna say, I'll take the eye blinks as she doesn't know. I know what a monarch is. Like, it's every butterfly. I actually saved it, and then it was gone. I think Brett threw it away or something. But I did save it so I can like inspect it later. Pin it to a corkboard. Just maybe, you know. It was it was pretty intact, except for like half of its body, like the bottom half was like bent around a piece, like her grill. Like, oh my god, that was a whack. So yeah. I had to like unhook it and then like pull it out like this, like a swoop motion. Yeah. I know. Poor guy. Okay. Yeah. She probably hit him in my driveway, actually. We have lots of butterflies. Thanks, Roseanne. Yeah, it was a close call. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You <laughs> no, no, you killed it. For you, like what, your truck? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was her car, too. It was the truck. It was her car. That made zero sense. <laughs> it's a close call. No, it fucking died. I'm sorry. My bottle of wine's... <laughs> My bottle of wine's almost gone. We haven't even got into the book. Oh my so god, let's enjoy. start. This is my oh, last right. enjoy. Oh, let's shit. start. We're right, Vanessa, you're gonna have to carry us to the end with your one beer. <laughs> this is all I want. I have one high noon. I'm gonna go find it. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> What's that? God, no, not plenty. Oh yeah, I've got I got two of these left, but I have a fridge full too. All right, Sam, okay. we've got this. <laughs> okay, bitches. Episode eight. We are covering The September House by Carissa Orlando. Steffi, tell us what the book's about. A woman is determined to stay in her dream home even after it becomes a haunted nightmare in this compulsively readable, twisty, and layered debut novel. When Margaret and her husband, Hal, bought the large Victorian house on Hawthorne Street for sale at a surprisingly reasonable price, they couldn't believe they finally had a home of their own. Then they discovered the hauntings. Every September, the walls drip blood. The ghosts of former inhabitants appear, and all of them are terrified of something that lurks in the basement. Most people would flee. Margaret is not most people. Margaret is staying. It's her house. But after four years, Hal can't take it anymore, and he leaves abruptly. 
Now he's not returning calls and their daughter, Catherine, who knows nothing about the hauntings, arrives intent on looking for her missing father. To make things worse, September has just begun. And with every attempt Margaret and Catherine make at finding how, the hauntings grow much more harrowing because there are some secrets the house needs to keep. Needs must when the devil drives. Do, do we know what that means? I did Google. Basically, it means when you have to do something you don't want to do, but you absolutely have to do it anyways. That's it. Like life. Like, like just getting out of bed. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that every day. <laughs> Can this be our next, like, our sister's tattoo? Oh. The story of our lives. <laughs> That's great. Nice. The idea has merit. Yeah, so, um, all right, so curriculum. Mm, nice, Sandy. It's a truly, don't get excited. Oh, uh, 5.3%. Um, 12.5, wine. Hey, what kind is that? Uh, some nice butter shard. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Get on my level, ho. 40%. Stephanie's like, get on my level. 40%, 80 proof, Cabo Wabo, Tequila Blanco. Okay. You're the fun one. (laughs) Can I I talk about this woman now? Can we? Okay. Yes. Carissa, it's her debut novel, um, which I think we just mentioned that. So that's kind of neat about her. Um, One of the coolest things Mm -hmm. I thought is that she is actually has a doctorate in clinical community psychology, which is really, really amazing. Um, She specializes in children and adolescents. Mm. She studied uh, creative writing in college and has written ever since she was a kid. So being that this is her first novel, I feel like that's Stephanie, you're along the same line. She's been writing since you were a kid too. So Mm. it's coming. Mm. Uh, She's an avid horror fan. She did a couple interviews. Um, There's not a whole lot I found on her, by the way. Um, but I did read a bunch of her interviews because I thought she was pretty comical. Um, she had one with Grindmark, which is, I guess, some sci-fi fantasy publication. I have never read it. If you have, uh, cool, I guess. Um, she was asked one of the questions, what scares you? And she said, I'm an anxious person, so all sorts of objectively boring things terrify me. Unexpectedly running into someone I know in public, a literal nightmare. I can mm. agree with that. Mm. being texted we need to talk with no contacts an mm. actual panic attack mm-hmm. and cockroaches kill with fire y'all i have those big giant cockroaches at my house not a cockroach <laughs> but like the water bugs i would burn this place to the ground if that mm-hmm. shit was in my bedroom so i can also agree to that mm-hmm. um talking about her writing why they talked while they asked her you know what's some piece of advice you would share she said to just write put words on a page it doesn't matter if they're the right words or the wrong words well-spoken words or barely articulate words just put them on the page writing is like playing a sport or learning a musical instrument you only get better at it the more you do it besides it's much easier to go back and edit existing words than words that have never been written yet so i thought that was kind of cute i loved that quote thanks for putting that in there ness i liked that yeah i liked it too yeah, that was good yeah she did some pretty good interviews a lot of her answers were good yeah, yeah. I feel like that was probably inspiration for our book writing that Stephanie's yes. plugging away on. It was timely. It might not have a rhyme or reason, but yeah, yeah like it was just timely. getting it out. Well, because it's like it's you know it's t- like it, even like with this podcast, 
we put a lot of effort into this. We don't really know if this is actually going anywhere. Like it, it may not like this. It could just be us for talking to each other for, you know, whoever, how long we take this on. Hmm. I know. Right. But like, you know, we've put a lot of energy in and there's not, there's nothing saying at the end, it pans out to anything Mm-mm. worth all of the amounts of energy and money we put into this. Um, and it's the same thing with writing. Like I spent a lot of time doing it and it not for, it's like, you almost like you can talk yourself out of how much energy you put into fun hobbies that aren't productive or like serve a purpose and like come to fruition of something you can talk yourself out of it all the time and so it's but you know like her last line there it's easier to go back and edit existing words I I liked that for both the podcast we do when I spend all those hours editing us trying to make us sound like we're not you know <laughs> edit a lot out uh so we, a lot of time goes rambling in. fools Whew, yeah <laughs> some of our best stuff unfortunately has to get edited out because even it's it's too bad to even put out there for you guys <laughs> Um, but it can all feel like a lot of time that I'm like, you know, I'm battling against like the world, work, my family, like telling them this is so important. So it was just really, it was timely for me, all of those words, because it's, you know, it, it's not Agreed. easy to put effort into something that isn't always considered productive in the eyes of everyone. You know, you kind of have to go to bat for yourself a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this being her first novel, like, can I just say she yeah, did wow. a great job. Yeah. Killed it. Wow. Killed she did it. This was job. so fun mm-hmm. to read and to, wow. I think most yeah. of us listen to this. Just, she did such a good job. I, I did truly mm-hmm. enjoy it. There's mm-hmm. a really great twist in it, which we'll go in a little bit. Um, but mm-hmm. just the, like the, the individual writing, the way that Margaret thinks, like, it's just, I loved all of it. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting. You said, you said that she, her day job, she works primarily with children. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that in Mm -hmm. her novel, she went, she spoke in the perspective of an older person. Cause you would think like, usually, you know, like when you're writing, it's like you're experiencing stuff in the day to day. So it's impressive that she was able to completely have a different mindset than what she deals with on a regular daily basis. And that that didn't muddy the waters for her. Like she went totally opposite. So that's just very impressive to me. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about our people. Let's talk about the old lady. All righty. Um, well, actually, I'm going to start us off with talking about a character who's not a person. So I know it's not the, the normal way we kick this off, um, but I'm going to start with the September house. So because that's really the premise around the whole book. Um, so the September house is, is it's a character in itself. Honestly, it's a Victorian house built in the 1800s. Um, it's a five bedroom house with this beautiful wraparound porch. It has its very own turret, which I had to Google because I actually didn't know what that was. <laughs> but it's like that cylinder thing on a castle is what it is, right? The witches, yep. witches peak or whatever it, you call it. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, it has a sprawling estate and seclusion. Um, the the downside of this place, though, is that everyone who ends up owning the house throughout the years ends up dying horribly, except for Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about Margaret. So she is, she's the main character. She's the narrator throughout the entire book. Um, she grew up moving from home to home and always really dreamed of having a home of her own. Um, bonus, if it was Victorian, she specifically dreamed about that as her her dream home. Um, so enter the September house with its blue paint, its white shutters, its wraparound porch, its turret. Um, Margaret fell in love with it as soon as she saw it in the listing. In fact, she, she said that she basically bought it sight unseen. Mm-hmm. She, she knew she wanted the house. Um, which is why even when strange things started to happen, she was adamant she was not leaving her home. Um, she is a self-proclaimed survivor, was not weak, um, but was rather flexible and accommodating. And that's really why um, you see that she's content a lot in the book, not only in her personal life with Hal, but she's also content with following the rules in this house, which is really the, the way that she's able to, to survive throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Hal, um, he also lives in the house with Margaret, the September house. Hal is Margaret's husband. He's also a drunkard wife beater, mm-hmm. um, which I know we'll dig into some of his his crazy ways. Um, you believe most of the book, though, that he's in this alcohol recovery. So you believe that he's not that kind of a person. You don't know he's like that a lot of the book until you get a little deeper in. Um, however, he's honestly getting drunk on the regular the whole time he's in the September house. Um, at first, how he also falls in love with the September house. But after four years of all the, the strange things that happen, he just can no longer take it. Um, he can't take the strange things anymore, the sightings in the home that they're seeing, and he decides that they need to do something about it. Um, after a failed confrontation with the spirit in the basement and a heated discussion, she always calls them discussions. They're not mm, fights. Mm. After a heated discussion with Margaret about burning the house down, um, which she, of course, refuses to let happen, he decides to leave. He does beg Margaret to go with him, but she stays behind to be in the home. And he goes on to be missing, as we, we heard about in the description. Um, the last character I'll get into before we kind of dig into some of the, the family dynamics with them is Catherine, which is the, the daughter of Hal and Margaret. Um, she's their spitfire daughter. And honestly, I just, I love her. Like her, her mouth just reminded me of the way we talk. Like, and, and the whole time Margaret's like language, yes. like even when yeah. like some weird shit is happening, she's like worried about her daughter saying fuck. Oh like God. it's just, it's good, but, but she's good stuff. Um, Catherine, she's in her late twenties. She lives in the city doing, what does she do? Some high, is she attorney legal? I don't even remember. I, I don't think never they ever say. Really said. They just said she climbed the corporate ladder. Exactly. Yeah. Some corporate job. Um, she went to college on a full academic scholarship, so we know she's smart. Um, she does make a point to call her parents at least once a week and talk to both her mom and dad. Um, she's not really close to either of them, but she does notice when her dad quits coming to the phone. Um, Margaret's always making up excuses about why he's not coming to the phone, that he's out of town, he's whatever, he's not available to come. Um, finally, she runs out of excuses, and that's really what brings Catherine to the September house, is she, um, at that point, Margaret tells Catherine that Hal has left. Um, it's been a month now that he's been gone. Um, you don't really know much except for that he left the house in a hurry. Um, he couldn't take the strange things anymore. Um, at this point, um, she's not heard from him at all in a month. Nobody has. He And nobody's filed a missing report. So Catherine kind of freaks out, hops on a plane, and decides that she's going to head um, to um, the house to come find her missing dad. Um, mind you, she's never been there before. Um, obviously, lots of strange things are happening, um, which we'll dig into um, but that's really where the premise of the book is. She comes to find her dad and, and we get into the, the dynamics of everyone. Beautiful. Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so if we can though, because this book does have so many layers to it again, why this book was so awesome. What I do want to do is I want to, if we can kind of dig into the dynamics of their family, because I think that sets the stage for a lot. Um, September house was the setting for most of the book, but prior to that, they were, you know, a, I guess, an interesting family, um, you know, and I'll kind of just start off with kind of how Hal and Margaret's relationship. Um, it started off that they were just kind of two, I guess, I don't know, outsiders, I guess you would call them, honestly, who found each other. Um, but very early on, Hal becomes very obsessive over Margaret and very, um, what's the word? Controlling, I guess is the right mm-hmm. word. He claims her, you know, I think he says like, you're mine. And she, she loved it at the time. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize that that's his controlling tendencies. And it really ended up not going well in the rest of their relationship. Um, but that's really how you, you pick up how Margaret is just so docile is that how, um, you know, basically claimed her and she just took it. She just, the, the whole time she was just, um, she was okay with, um, being told what to do with being pushed around and kind of just made up excuses for everything. And that's really the same thing she does when, you know, when she's in the September house. 
-hmm. Yeah, she, well, real quick, I just want to mention, like, when she would go, she talked about how she couldn't, she couldn't let another male speak to her or make eye contact or anything. She'd go to grocery stores and, like, she was like, I hope that the clerk doesn't talk to me today or something like that, which, so, so I, I think you're right. A lot of her, her character and how her meekness and kind of how she's willing to tolerate a lot of stuff comes up in with what she goes through in the house is a lot of is related to the fact that this is just what she's been so used to like there's rules and you follow them and that's all there is to it there's no questioning because mm-hmm. if you stay in the lines then you're fine um which is kind of sad because you really don't really start to pick up on that in this story until further into it and they start really Catherine gets there and really start to break her down um i loved Catherine real quick can i just say I felt when I was reading a lot of her stuff and like the freak out mode she'd get in when she found out like, what do you mean he's missing? You haven't done anything. Here I come right now. I'm getting on a plane. Vanessa. Like, oh that's my God. me all 100% right? long. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I felt like it was like when dad was in the hospital, was, that's it. I'm there right now. Everyone give me yeah. your codes. Give yeah. me your st- Like I need to see your my chart. I'm coming to take yeah. over everything. What do you mean? I'm scheduling mm-hmm. the next doctor appointment. Um, it was mm-hmm. like, I so identified with her a hundred percent. Right down to the fucks that she said a million times in this story. Mm-hmm. Like, I just loved her. Um, I felt her frustration. I understood where she was coming from. Yeah. Like, just the thought of how can you be this okay with what's happening right now? Just get yeah. out of my way and let me fix what's happening. And then I'll put you back in place. Um, so, anyway. Catherine was And that's me. kind of, that was her experience as a child, too. Watching mm-hmm. her mom live through something that she was like, how can you be let, how can you let this happen? Like, that's, mm-hmm. you know a child's perspective of the domestic violence happening in our house. Like you're letting this happen. Um, why? Yes. And that's the same thing happened. She came to the house. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities in this book between domestic violence and this house and what it was doing yes. to Margaret. And it's, I, that's probably the parallel that was drawn intentionally the whole way through. And yes. it's, it's just very interesting. Uh, but yeah, that's Catherine's experience right there. Just mm-hmm. all her mm-hmm. life. Mom's always been a little bit. Eh. Dad's always a little bit, you okay. know, but get on her for calling mm-hmm. once a week. I don't even do that. Yeah. Get on her. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know, right? I think yeah. we group text. Does that not count? Does that not count? We talk I, I every, feel like, yeah, we, we talk we every day as a family. Every yeah. single day we are in a group chat together. And in fact, if someone doesn't speak up enough, they get called we out. We call them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor yeah. Michelle. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so you don't you don't actually find out how that how is an alcoholic until the police are at the house talking with Margaret when they start talking about, or when she's doing the police report or whatever about his license, you know, about him driving a car. And they're like, she casually mentions, Oh, you know, he had some incidences. He doesn't have his license anymore. Margaret had that typical from her generation, the downplay of everything. Mm-hmm. Nothing is as bad as it seems like his, his multiple DUIs were just a little thing, you know, what she was mm-hmm. enduring from Hal was nothing, you know, keeping it under the rug, did the same thing to Catherine when her father literally went missing. She's like, Oh, sorry, honey. I forgot to mention your dad's been missing for a month, you know, like just everything's cool. Don't worry about it. And then of mm-hmm. course, you know, Catherine is what the fuck. That's what she said. Like the entire book after everything. <laughs> right. What the fuck mom. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. What the fuck, mom? Like the whole story through language. That's all you heard back and forth just the whole time. And ironically, though, Margaret's in the background in her head going, God damn it, Frederica, like the whole time. And it's like, language, Margaret. That's my favorite quote, too, from the whole book. God damn it, Frederica. Frederica. (laughs) Do we want to talk about Frederica? Yeah, let's talk about Frederica. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to get into the, the ghost of the book. So this is a fun book for us because there was ghost in it. So yes. we were excited to get to talk about these characters. Um, but the the funny part thing is that Margaret, just because she's just honestly, she's 
she's a little space cadet, right? Mm-hmm. We can, we can say that, right? Like she's, yeah. you know, she's, she's out there, whatever. Um, she calls them pranksters. Cause they're not, you know, they're not ghosts, but they're playing little pranks. They're like, you know, they're always doing little things. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about, about downplaying it. exactly downplaying it. Exactly. They're, they're pranksters. Um, so Frederica, which I think we all wish we had a little Frederica yeah. at oh our homes, God. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> could you not, who doesn't want this a housekeeper who just takes care of all your needs? Um, however, this housekeeper, you know, she is a ghost. Um, and she was hit in the head with an axe in the early 1900s. Um, and so, you know, that's what, what Margaret gets to look at all the time. In fact, she talks about getting served food with having to look at like her grotesque face and then just, you know, getting used to it because she's just so accommodating. <laughs> um, but, but what we love about Frederica is she is always making tea. She says, yep. tea, mom. Uh, always trying to make her tea. Um, she's always rearranging household items. And really in September, which we'll talk about the significance of what September means, um, she gets especially crazy, like stacking weird things, putting dirt in cabinets and drawers and things like that. <laughs> um, but what's great about this story is that Margaret and Frederica end up forming a bond. And it's you great. You, you see it you know, happening throughout the story um, and actually comes to you know just a beautiful story at the end. Um, about their relationship. Um, then Blythe, um, she was the scary one for me. So I imagined, you know, you know, we imagined things as movies. She was the scary one. I'm like, oh God. So Blythe, <laughs> she, um, she was also, she was actually, um, that she, Frederica was Blythe's housekeeper. Um, so Blythe was chained up and burned alive in the fireplace by her husband, Jasper, um, who also was the one who killed Frederica. Um, both were killed in a fit of rage, which they both lived in the September house. And we talked about all those people die horrible deaths. Um, Jasper, he was the one who killed Frederica and Blythe. Um, and after he realized what he did, he, um, I don't know how exactly how he died, but the way that he's described by Margaret is that he stayed in the closet with his body bent up like a dead spider holding a match because he too wanted to burn the house down after he murdered everyone in his home. Um, so can I tell you why? Do not know why he it happened. Do you not remember what happens at the end with the cops and everything? It's the same guy. Anybody? Did the same thing happened to him. That's what happened to yes. all of them. Okay. Okay. So he got mind bented. Yeah. <laughs> mind bented. Wow. Yeah. We'll talk, yes. Mind bented. For yeah. those who haven't read it yet, what we're talking about is the way that his he he is killed. His body is kind of like super deformed and all messed up. And Stephanie's going to read a little snippet a little later about how that occurs mm-hmm. in the story because it's very well written so um mm-hmm. and a terrible out. way to die oh yeah. my god yeah <laughs> right yeah. yeah but just in the meantime imagine like when you spray like say you spray a spider how their body just like bends and forms this weird little carcass like that's what she's describing as how he looks in the closet mm-hmm. always um but but no but and that's honestly what I loved about her writing is that she was so descriptive about these grotesque characters. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I actually loved. Like for Jasper, she was like, and Margaret was just like, oh, he's fine. He just stays in the closet. But he was probably the creepiest <laughs> motherfucker of them all. Like right, <laughs> crumbled yes, in the closet. Like his head, his head would loll and look at you when you open the closet, and he always like was trying he's to light trying the house light, on fire. He's like. trying to light a match. So she just says he just sits there flicking. Nothing happens. It's fine. And he's like yeah. flicking a match. And yeah, she's so like he's fine. Yeah. in the closet. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, more prominent in the story would be um, Elias. Um, his mom, not so much, but definitely Elias. Um, I, did we figure out how he died? Did he starve to death? You know, they never said how Elias died. They weren't. They, they weren't. Clear. Okay. Okay. They briefly mentioned that his mom died, and so he was left obviously alone for a very long time. So they think that he 
they don't say the word star, mm, but they say that death. he was okay. left on his own for a very long time in the house, probably in that one room, which is where I thought maybe he starved to death. But I don't actually know. Oh, exactly. And the room is the office, Hal's office because he was always right. harassing Hal because that was his playroom. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, and I guess something I didn't mention at the beginning, but maybe you picked up on all these ghosts, all these people died in the September house. That's the significance. Mm-hmm. All these people are, their spirits are trapped in the September house. Um, so they all have died these horrible deaths somewhere in that home. Um, so Elias and his mom, we talked about him. He was a, I don't know, nine-year-old, whatever. Um, he, what my description of him is he is a vampire like pain in the ass yeah. um, who is always in the way. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. He's always um, if there. you got too close to him, yes, he's always like in your face, but if you get too close to him, he would basically his, his the way she, it was crazy the way again this this book was terrifying honestly <laughs> if you really think about it like it was crazy um like his face would turn from like white to like this dark burnt and his eyes would turn these ambers and he would basically try and bite you um if you got too close to him but she figured out the perfect way to get her toast and avoid that bite and just <laughs> she was following the rules <laughs> she would describe it as a um, cyclone of a mouth is what she would say yeah. his mouth was like a cyclone of a mouth like, that's right was it spinning while he was snapping his jaws like i don't know but like good god she, she would say yes. things like um i got my arm away just in time where it was barely even a graze didn't even break my skin <laughs> but her arms are scarred like from elias <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> and then um, she described it as like his mouth coming unhinged. Yes, jaw like a snake. Unhinged. So I just imagine yeah. it like, I just imagine it like this. <laughs> just open wide, big wide this mouth. fangs out. Remember one time she so, woke yeah, up. She woke weird. up to the jet engine noise he makes. She wakes up to <laughs> yes. that. And he's like preparing to bite her face. And she's like, I moved just in time. And he bit the yeah, pillow. Just- and I was like, well, at that point, I might as well just have tea. I'm like, Margaret, Margaret. <laughs> exactly. You are too accommodating, lady. Yeah. And, and even on top of that, this kid's a total pain in the ass. Yeah. And the way she yeah. stops him from being a pain in the ass yeah. is she has to go out into the woods, dig up his mother's bones on the regular, bring them back all the way to the house, and then sing him this song, this lullaby, <laughs> to get him to come back. And then, and then he shows up, takes his mom's bones, like hugs them, and then leaves um, for, for a little bit. Um, and she, and it's, again, this is just the way Margaret thinks. She has gotten so good at it that she has found a way to to make it a system of how she does the bone. She separated them into individual containers and made it easier to get back and forth. Really just like it was evolution, actually, or getting to that yeah. point. Um, she talks about just how crazy. at the beginning she was like trying to be real careful and like respectful of the bones <laughs> and like putting them in a really beautiful urn and making sure. And then she was like, well, then I'm just going to get some Tupperwares and keep them in the house. And then before long, she was in a fucking trash bag being trashed. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I don't need all the bones. Maybe just some just is good. A just a femur. <laughs> and then she like marks the tree where they're buried. Yeah. Yeah. So that she could like easily finds them and digs them up. And she has yeah. to do this like once a week or something to get his ass to go away. He's that pesky and annoying. Well, I think like it buys her a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Is what she week, said yeah. when she does mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, so when she needs a good long break, she'll do the priest. She'll have the priest yeah. come out, bless <laughs> yeah. the house, get rid of all the pranksters for like a day. And then she gets rid of Elias for a week and she sleeps finally. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, we're almost through the prankster. So let's talk about Edie. So Edie is the one who threw me for a loop, and maybe you guys too. Um, so Edie is is who Margaret considers her best friend. She comes and visits her at the September house, um, always shows up with something, you know, like when Catherine's about to, to be there. She 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 sees the the pranksters as well. Edie does. So Edie's aware of what's happening. Um, and she she's kind of her um her you know, her friend. She gets to bounce ideas off of her and such. Um, the, the twist with Edie is she's actually a ghost. So we do find that out toward, actually, I think at the very end of the book mm-hmm. that Edie is actually a ghost. 
Um, she was actually the last person to buy the house. I didn't pick up on this. She committed suicide by taking pills. Another just mm-hmm. horrible death in the house. Um, but she definitely threw me for a loop. Um, but Edie, she was one of my my favorite ghosts as well. Um, and then I can't just who are you gonna pick for that one, Rosie? I can't wait. Did you do Edie as well, or did you stop? I did. I actually did Edie. Oh, I, nice. I didn't. Um, honestly, I didn't do any of the other ghosts, but I did Edie. Nice. Frederica? You didn't do Frederica? Who am I going to pick with a freaking watermelon squished face? <laughs> Who Who's out there? Uh, you know what? You better be typing it. away while I'm going through the rest <laughs> yeah. of these characters. <laughs> Put it on mute and, and Google. I'm not typing at all. I'm not typing. No, no we, we want, want you, you to. to be typing. <laughs> okay, I, mean, I need a, me. I need a Frederica. I need oh, wow, an Elias. Really? <laughs> I wow. need an Edie. I need a Master Veil. <laughs> okay, I didn't pick any of those because Master Veil is uh, not a human. He was early in his life. Does anyone give a fuck about what this kid looked like when he was growing up? No. We only no. care about what he looked like as this tall creature with weird limbs, and that's not a real person. Hmm. Neither is Frederica. Neither is... Elias was vampire ass. I'll pick somebody off. Um, pick your pick off uh, Twilight. <laughs> Who do we got? <laughs> They're older now. <laughs> yeah, no, I only picked Edie. Anyways. All right. Fine. We'll get what you get. You know what? Then I will give you guys a great description of Master Vale because I've got great, a good little backstory here. All right. Yes, so because he's vale, not a real human. Do it. He, uh, he was one. Okay. <clears throat> he was Listen closely, Rizan. So Master Vale. Oh, my, oh my God. He... <laughs> So he is the he is the evil spirit in the basement. He is really the one orchestrating all of the strange things happening at the house. He's the reason all these ghosts are appearing. He's the reason um, we, birds hit the windows. We got to talk about that stuff too. Anyways, he is the he's the reason all these horrible things are happening. Um, the backstory behind Master Vale, though, is he is the bastard son to a prestigious family in the 1800s who originally are the ones who built and lived in the September house. Um, he, his mother cheated on the husband who gave birth to Timothy Vale. That was his name. Um, he was always treated like an outsider, though. If you think about it, the, the dad didn't want to you know, admit that his wife cheated on him, that he had a bastard son. Um, they did give him the name, though, the Vale name, which was a very prestigious name. But really, he was shit on the whole time at home. Um, he was weird, too. You know, they, he's not, he wasn't the, the easiest kid. They, they described him as very weird. Um, but he was verbally abused, physically abused. Um, when Timothy gets older though, his family members start suddenly and just oddly passing away. Um, his dad had a random heart attack, which they say wasn't a big surprise. He was overweight. Um, the mom had a seizure in the garden, which she had never had a history of seizures. Um, I think the brother had a heart attack. Sister died of something. Do you guys remember how the sister died? I feel like it was something horrible. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. All of them died like unnatural deaths. Like it wasn't expected. Like it was just didn't make sense. Um, however, when everyone is dead, um, which you can just assume he had something to do with it. They don't really say. When everyone is dead, he inherits the September house where he commands all staff to call him Master Vale. And that's where he gets his his nickname from. Um, he begins a killing spree, um, which is where all these ghosts come from. All these children ghosts come from, which includes kidnapping, torturing, and feeding on children. And yes, I said feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, he ends up eating the raw flesh of a lot of these children, which ultimately would end up killing him because, of course, you're going to get some sick-ass disease from eating raw flesh from children that you're not bathing and it, weird. Um, he was found in his basement, um, which is why his evil spirit is down there. He's found in the basement of the September house, um, basically wasting away. Um, that's where he did all of his work and where his evil spirit haunts over the September house. 
Do we want to talk more about Vale, or do you want me to wrap up the children that he uh, mutilated? I just wanted to say, I guess I didn't catch up on the fact that he was eating the raw flesh, and that's what killed him. Angelica. Um, when they talk about how they witnessed what, what they were, well, and we're, I think we're going to talk about. Well, yeah, no, I, yeah, but I still, when I read that, I didn't put two and two together that like that's the disease that killed him because like he had sores all over his body and stuff like that, like. And I guess I didn't get that they were alluding to the fact that he was eating flesh of children, giving him this disgusting disease. I don't know if it. I mean, gave I might have made disease. a leap. Yeah, but. I don't know if it gave him the disease either, but it, <laughs> oh. it. He definitely ate the children, and if you're going to eat raw children, I'm going to assume you also are going to have some sort of disgusting disease as well. I think that's a strong conclusion. But but no also, one, no one like they didn't specifically say exactly no. what killed him. So we are no. left to just kind of yes. guess yeah. some kind of disease and it, he was eating the kids, so yes. you know. Okay, yes. and also I guess I didn't pick up on the eating. I thought when he was tasting Angelica, he was just like licking her blood, not actually like biting into her. So did I miss more things? Um Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's. I guess that's the vibe I got. Interesting. I I I thought he was just sticking his tongue out and like licking her blood. I didn't know he was actually eating the children. Interesting. I got eating, so I, that's interesting that you didn't. That means what did you I, get, Steph? Okay. Well, I I was excited to read this description you gave because I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like that's 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 helpful for my brain because I didn't have a good clear. Like, hmm. I wasn't really clear on what killed Carissa. him. I wasn't clear that he was, like, cannibalizing the kids. But I, I knew he was mm-hmm. – I knew he did weird stuff and, and, you know. But she didn't – also, Margaret didn't go into a ton mm-hmm. of detail about what she was saying because she was like, well, I didn't know that had happened, you know, right. to Angelica mm-hmm. when he did it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And that was the only time you actually heard of it happening. Everything else was just assumed. And she skips so it really – like, like she mentions what he's doing but then not really. So she kind of goes, oh, right. I don't need to really – go into that yeah. and like kind of skips on to something else um she's like yeah so that's weird. i'm actually Moving on. Lisa, yeah. i'm curious tell us mm. well it, maybe that would make sense because remember when there was like um the the sink was overflowing with blood we'll talk about it with some timber shenanigans but and there was like chunks of flesh like yes. clogging the sink yes. so maybe that is what yes what's going on oh okay because mm-hmm. master bale he had a whole like she talked about how that's where he did all of his work in the basement but he had a room with a table that he would tie the children down wrist yes. and ankles and it really and this is mm-hmm. in the book this was a true actually happening this was a real like these were real children that he had kidnapped and did this too and the book was very humorous so it kind of danced around that but the premise of it is, is children were being tortured and some were, we'll talk about in a minute what happened to them. You see what happened as their ghost. Um, and it's just, and he would just tie them up and mutilate them. Yeah. Um, Angelica, for example, um, she was always pointing at the basement door and saying he's down there, which I, I, that was one of my theories. I had an idea who she was talking I about. I did too. Um, <laughs> but um, her head was bashed in with a hammer. And that's actually one of the the scenes that Margaret and Hal relive. Mm-hmm. Um, they decide they're going to go, you know, fight Master Vale. And they go downstairs and he, you know, he shows them one of those scenes of him basically doing that to, to Angelica, um, which is where you, you you hear about him licking or, or eating the flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian is another one that he he kidnapped. He was gutted. And, and he's another just creepy guy who walked around the house just staring at Margaret with his guts on the floor dragging along. 
Um, the best is when Margaret is trying to have yes. a conversation with Catherine to explain yes. to her that she is not crazy. And they're all just like here and in her face. It's like, it was just that, that <laughs> I just, I really love oh, this book guys. Yeah. <laughs> she did such a good job. He was on all fours and his intestines were dropping on her hand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she was like, I'm really trying to listen to you, Catherine. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> Can you imagine how she was like contorted in her seat like this? And trying, trying to see. Not, and trying not to look crazy because Catherine can't see any of this, but she's got ghosts all around her and she's like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. And then she's got this kid who has no legs. His legs have been chopped off. Um, and he's just dragging. You know what I imagine is the zombies in Call of Duty yeah. when you shoot him yeah. and they're just crawling around like something like that. Also at that um, table scene, he drags himself up into a chair. At one point, he's like sitting there with his little stumps. And she said, while she's talking to Catherine, she's like, and the guy with no legs tried to pull himself onto a chair. What a sight that was. <laughs> this it was. This oh. book was very, it was comically horrifically written mm-hmm. and i loved that mm-hmm. i loved what she did mm-hmm. loved it exactly i mean i'm not gonna lie there was a couple times where like i like didn't want to close my eyes in the shower while i was washing my hair because i had like these visions of like some oh, of these really? things like, wow really? yeah so like it was humorous but also it was very like it was it was just, it was scary to me like honestly if this was a movie i'd be peeing my pants watching this movie mm. um I'd be really if it was made as i would you agree know, with that yeah if it was made as real as the book yeah but um Let's see. The last kids we'll talk about, Constance and Caden. I think I got the names right. Um, they were twins that were stabbed, which just, this just goes to show how just messed up Master Vale was. Like, just these poor little kids. Like, and they were all young. They're all under 10. Every single one of these kids are. Um, and there was one more, I think, that had his arm brutally cut off. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we got his name. Thomas or something was his name. Um, so I think there was maybe. Was the kid with no legs named James? One of them was the James, right? In, in the end, yeah. yeah, James and Henry, She I comes think. up with the names, yeah. Henry was the oh. no-arm kid. Henry, that's That's it. right, okay. Yeah, they all had yeah. something horrible done to them in the basement on that table. Exactly. Yeah. And they so all sad. show up for Margaret. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. Her little her little pranksters mm-hmm. show up for her in the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a great passage I'd like to read about the shit that goes on. And it involves these pranksters. Almost all of them are mentioned in it. So I feel like it's it gives you a good taste. And then we can really get into what was happening in the house. Because it gives you a really good taste of what life was like with her in the midst of September. Everything always like, the house was always haunted. But September, it got significantly worse. <clears throat> Bear with me. <clears throat> All right, again, this is Margaret's perspective. Charles and Constance were twins, or at least looked a lot like twins. They usually showed up together and were remarkably similar, what with their dirty hair cropped around their shoulders, their little tunics made from the same fabric, and their matching stab wounds in their stomachs, arms, and faces. Constance's mouth was slashed open at one end, creating a garish grin that stretched nearly to her ear. They pointed downward towards the basement door. Blood slowly leaked from all the various openings in their skin. I just finished scrubbing blood from the walls in the top of the stairway and was in no mood. I shifted the bucket of bloody water I was lugging downstairs to one hand and shook my free hand at them. Shoo, I whispered. Behind them, I saw Blythe's spindly fingers wrapping around the doorframe of her room, her blackened face peering out at me, mouth long and fierce. You too, I hissed. She yelled and slammed the door. The twins vanished inside themselves with a sob. <laughs> Honestly, every, everything in this house made such a racket. I hope the sleeping pills that Catherine didn't know she had taken had made her a sound sleeper. In the kitchen, Frederica had turned the table completely upside down and stacked all the chairs on top of one another. 
Every cabinet was flung open and it looked like she had broken a few plates. I set the bucket down with the plop, bloody water spilling out onto the floor. Oh, well, what was one more element added to this cleanup anyways? Then she goes on and the kitchen gets more trashed because Frederica keeps dropping plates because she's 10 feet from any cabinet, but she's putting away the dishes. Yeah, it's like on the reg, there was fucked up shit. But come September, there was super fucked up shit. I felt Um, like the house for the most part, or at least I gathered this, was that it was pretty normal-ish until September came. Like there were moments where stuff happened, like you couldn't ever light a fire or Blythe would come flying out of nowhere to- right terrorize you but excuse me can i stop you right there nothing about that is normal (laughs) september is the first time they lit a fire do you want me to read what happened the first time they lit a fire that wasn't even september that's not normal like (laughs) nothing in the house was normal let's put that out there like it was margaret is a special type of fucked up to be like oh just follow the rules like Mm -hmm. no bitch the house is fucking weird from day one um Anyways, do you, uh, I'll get into Blythe in the Fireplace since I'm already speaking. Go yes. ahead. Okay. Okay. First time they light a fire in the fireplace, Blythe comes crawling out. Her skin's melted. Charcoal limbs dragging along the floor. She's leaving a trail of ash. She gets in their face and screams. Her charred <laughs> fingers like scratching at their faces. And then anytime after that, if they would light a fire, she would howl, fling open doors and windows she would make these tornadic like winds come through and just like put the fire out. And that's not in September. That's on the reg if they lit a fire. So Margaret's like, okay, well, we don't have to have a fire. I'm like, okay. They also had to get rid of their piano because she wouldn't stop playing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was, there was nothing regular. Um, the house came with this ghost maid, Frederica who all the time was still puttering around like a maid, changing linens, making tea, making dinner. And I mean, look. I know, right? Frederica. Could we tolerate a ghost maid? I could. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I, I could. could. Like she would think up. I could I put a bag over her face. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. She would, she would think about it. I know. She cooked dinner. Yeah. She made you tea. Like she was constantly cleaning, puttering. Like she and she could physically do all of that. So I mean, it's the best kind of maid. Yeah. I think doesn't need to eat. Doesn't need to yeah. sleep. Don't gotta pay her. Anytime she touches one of the ghosts, whether like accidentally or on purpose, she's transported back in the time to the day of their death. So she feels all the pain that they felt mm-hmm. in that moment of death. Um, then she gets a nosebleed and vomits. So that's fun for her. And sometimes she's like. So lonely in her life, she risks it all for a little interaction with one of these little prankster ghosts, Hmm. which is also sad. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so she deals with that all the time. Um, Then we have the basement where Master Vale lives. Um, And they have to keep it boarded up with, you know, boards that you have to get a crowbar to pry off. Um, They have to keep Bible pages taped to the inside of the door as if... For some reason, he cares about Bible pages. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to make sure there's no gaps visible. They have to keep it up, boarded, closed, all times. Not even a crack can be exposed. And if they do that during the month of September, if they even crack open the door a smidgen, it's showtime. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are regular rules for living in the house. Um, even when... 
Margaret left the house, the ghost still like trailed her and like um, kind of haunted her <laughs> no matter where she went, you know, leaving her notes or who's typing? Samantha. Amy, look at her, it's Samantha. <laughs> you know, that's just um, Samantha. <laughs> Um, so the ghost even haunted her outside of the house. Like they were that like possessive of her. I didn't get that either. What do you mean? So that I wasn't get the vibe that for- that was, yeah, I didn't get the vibe that that was the pranksters. I felt like she was just like starting to lose it a little bit. And she felt like everything was a sign telling her to go back to the house. Oh, really? What I was thinking of it, but I could also oh. be very wrong, obviously. Um, and I felt like maybe the house itself was trying to tell her something. I don't know that that was the pranksters so much as I felt like, like, the lyric or whatever it was that she had read on the bathroom walls was more of like that's the town just knew about it they just didn't tell her about master veil things like that like i just i didn't get that it came from the pranksters mm-hmm. themselves so much as it she just happened to like be aware of these things so all of these things made way like she was correlating it to her life versus it actually being anything Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like the house stalking her. Like, that's what I thought. I actually liked the idea of that. I, I liked that the house, like, stalked her outside of the home. <laughs> I like that idea, yeah. too. I, I didn't I gather that. I, I yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. It was like, yeah, because it wanted her back home, you know, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. She didn't want to be gone. It wanted her back home. Like, there was a, this obsessive thing between the house and her, you know. See, but my theory was different than what that reality was. So I was under the impression that she was just like mentally losing it. So mm. the idea that the house was actually doing that didn't make logical sense to me because I was under the impression she was just mentally losing it. I love it. Look, no. guess what? Ness was wrong about was the wrong. ending. Of the right? Book. Was, guys, <laughs> hey, How I would like everyone that? to know. When I hit the moment where I was like, God damn it, guys, I'm wrong. Like I, my theory is wrong. I was so, stunned and i was like did anyone else get the wrong vibe because i was super wrong i i did not expect it to be what it turned out to be i thought it would be something different so pleasantly surprised yes roseanne yes roseanne jesus her hands always <laughs> raised you look like tristan right now like yeah. honestly that whole that was really that, that was roseanne away. at the karen slaughter have- event with her hand in the air like a little would kid you, you know and they're like yes god you what <laughs> <laughs> when I have something, when I have something really important to say, I'm gonna raise my hand, guys. I had a theory, and I was fucking right, and I had it early on, and I was fucking right. Was it Edie? You guys know that. Was Me it, too. We'll get into it later. Okay. No. Know. We'll get into no. it later. I have. I, had, I was too. I yeah. was right most of mine. So interestingly enough, so so does right. anybody have any kind of a comment about the painting that Margaret saw at the bar of the mutilated children in a yard? Did anybody pick up on that? Remember when she was when Catherine was. Um, there was the female bartender that was hitting on her. You know, there was that engagement and she was overlooking at pictures and she was looking at a painting on a wall of mutilated children in grass. I thought that was very interesting because Margaret herself is an artist. So I I honestly thought, I guess this is a theory, I thought it was her painting that her her stuff was getting out in town and she had forgotten about it. That's one of my, that's what I thought might have been happening. Oh. Oh. You reached for that one, I think. Yeah, I did. Did I? Yeah. That didn't strike you as very, you know, as interesting? I took it as, it's more weird shit from the house. Like the house made the painting look like that. Like the house made the people's names change. Like I kind of, I took it as a house thing. But I mean, that could be because she did have paintings. You're right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I like it. I couldn't place, I couldn't really put a finger on what was happening outside of the house. I couldn't, I couldn't get a grasp on it. It felt, it felt like she was possessed because of the pool to go back home. Like that felt like a possession. Yeah. And maybe it just was, maybe it, that it just is all possession. Yeah. Or she maybe was a little bit susceptible because we left out the part that Margaret 
her father had mental illness and it was hereditary. Yes. We left we left that out. Yes. So it, it that maybe there was a twinge of it that made the house latch on so well, you know, because there was a little bit. Yeah. In I mean, there was definitely, right. I mean, it had to be for someone to be that accommodating. Like, I mean, she described herself yeah. as not weak, but flexible and accommodating. That was her mantra about herself. She wasn't weak. She was yeah. flexible and accommodating, which is just her yeah. favorite saying was, if you would just follow the rules, there's rules and yes. they're meant to be followed right. and then nothing happens. So yeah. just follow right. the damn rules. She starts many chapters that way. Yeah. And when there's you broke rules. the rules, there were consequences. That was it. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you had to face the consequences. Mm-hmm. And one of her moments when she, I, I guess it's this, the fight scene, which we'll go into in a little bit. Uh, maybe I'll wait. But she mentions, because it's funny, but she mentions that um, she yells at him, too, as like, you're not following the rules. Like, you're you're yeah. going against the rules. I just thought that that, no matter what, that was her, like, concept of the house, mm-hmm. of how all of these things happened. As long as she just stayed the line, she could tolerate all the things until the end of September. She even made a comment about, at one point, Master Vale must have, I don't remember exactly what he did, but he did something where she was like, am I the only one who follows the goddamn rules in this house? That's what like, I'm talking everybody about. Everybody else is yes. they're breaking the rules. Yeah. Yes. I'm the only one who follows about. the goddamn rules in this house, you know. <laughs> and she's so mad about it. Like, why is no one freaking following it? It's funny to me. I did um, a couple of things about Frederica. I, I thought it was funny, the things she would do. They were so extreme. Like, and it would be just peppered throughout Margaret's day. She's like, oh, I had to, uh, I had to follow around Frederica because she was moving all the pillows from one room to the other, you know, and, and she's trying to make her daughter, Catherine, not think she's crazy, but she's got Frederica over here doing the exact opposite of that. She's making her look extra, extra crazy. Her dresser was out in the living room. The ta- the chairs would be lined up in the bathroom, like knives in the bathroom, tea bags in the, in the, in the um, bathtub constantly all day long. Frederica was doing absolute nonsense and and margaret would spend her days running around behind her exhausted not sleeping at night because the house was also moaning and screaming her name all night long while she tried to sleep so she's not <laughs> sleeping elias is trying to bite her and frederica will not stop touching shit all month long and the children this is yes the month of september so this yeah. is like month of september shenanigans every single september what she has to deal with yeah. And the walls are bleeding. I don't know if we mentioned that. The walls bleed and like it goes down the stairs. <laughs> and she has to about, clean it with bleach. Yeah. Let's talk about the shit that happens only in September. Because we kind of talked about the stuff that happens like on the daily basis or just in normal everyday mm-hmm. life in the house. But in September, it's extra special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like everyone, whoever lived there like died in that month. Yeah. So it's like the house is just like literally moaning and screaming. Yeah. And they don't, I guess it's just like is it the house of all the people that died? Like who's moaning? I guess they never really said. I say the house um, is screaming. Guys. It's the yeah. house. It's the house itself. itself. Yeah. yeah. The house yeah. itself is yeah. screaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The walls are bleeding. They're like, it starts above her bed. And then as the month goes on, progresses like down to the hallway, down the stairs. And she said, even it comes, it comes to a point where you have to like tiptoe down the stairs a certain way. So you don't like trail blood all throughout the home. And again, she's putting up with this shit. Yeah, she calls it a waterfall. Every September. Yeah. It's bad. The best part was that Margaret was always trying to like find ways to explain like why it was happening. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I just, let me just fix these real quick. You know, um, it was just funny the way she was always trying to cover it up. <laughs> or didn't she stack the, 
the couches or so, what did she do one time with the couches so that this poor old woman yeah it was her dresser. like rearranged stuff it was her yeah dresser well she, she stacked she stacked downstairs. the couches yeah. yeah she dragged the dresser down she stacked the couches and she had to put it all back by herself Frederica could not help put it back she could only help mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just mess it up in the yeah. first place yeah yeah she's too busy <laughs> this is where the idea of the prankster <laughs> comes in and she feels like yeah. this is like the jokes being played that she can't it's not harmful stuff it's just slightly annoying one of the one of the, the the things she says about the pranksters that made me chuckle she called she compared them to feral cats and how feral cats will stay away from strangers but they save their like scratching and yowling for the people that they trust and and like mm-hmm. are comfortable with and that's how she described these because Catherine couldn't see them Margaret didn't know what it was going to be like if they would show themselves to Catherine but Catherine couldn't see the blood hear the screaming she didn't see the children eventually she did but um yeah it, and so it she never knew how much was like getting into Catherine's world, but it, she would describe them as uh, feral cats, which was a uh, pretty funny. And like Elias was like a cat in the corner. You didn't know if he was going to bite you or like what he was doing just constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just emitting the jet engine sound and being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> then we have Angelica and she calls them her team of pointing children which is Angelica and all the other children who I guess were um, kidnapped and tortured during the time by Master Vale. <clears throat> so they all stand around her and just like, he's down there the entire month of September, just pointing, being weird, just terrorizing her, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has that she has to deal with. Well, and, and, and um, if I may ask actually, and maybe if we need to table this, we can, but the he's down there comment who were they talking? I mean, obviously there was multiple, there was two, there was things down there, but like, who were they talking about the whole time? Like, honestly, that was one of my theories that was proven right because I got that vibe pretty early on. Um, But also Master Vale was down in the basement as well. So I know we, did we already get to the twist? We haven't yet. So Mm -hmm. I just, and I guess that'll be one of the twists, but that was uh, like confusing to me. I'm like, who's down there? Like, I mean, we know he's down there. But she didn't, she didn't seem surprised that they were saying that. So I think exactly every month, it just because we were reading the story, looking for a missing man connected lots of dots, I think. But the, I think he, every, every September they said he's down there. I think they just, yeah, I felt like. This is where I thought the mental disorder thing was coming into play for me earlier on when they were saying that was because mm-hmm. I automatically assumed mm-hmm. it was how who was down in the basement, not just Master Vale. And her idea mm-hmm. of what Master Vale was, was actually just her dead husband down there in the basement that these kids were telling her about or in her mind, her own different personalities were trying to mm-hmm. remind her of, by the way, your dead husband's in the basement. That's what I was gathering. Mm-hmm. So I never really truly thought these were legitimate ghosts or pranksters until obviously towards the ending i i honestly thought the whole time it was her own mental disorder so that's why i'm saying I was how truly fun mess oh my yeah. god you were truly shocked i was wow truly and i was actually yeah. i was sad whenever the detectives like were starting to convince her that she was crazy i was sad Me too. i was like oh my Me god too. this whole time she's uh-huh. got i'm like don't another book like that yeah i'm like no not another yeah. book like that i was really glad that there was real ghosts there was real evil shit and then it popped off yeah. it popped off and i was like fuck yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're all getting fucked up right now. I was very happy to, to see that it was not just a typical story of, because we, we've got some others that we've read recently or that are very similar. And I just, I was very excited to hear that it was not that. And it was true. Actual ghost. It was cool. Cheers to Carissa. Mm-hmm. She did it. She stumped Vanessa. Yeah. Yes. Good job. <laughs> wow. What does it say that 
We all were not stumped, but Vanessa was. Well, it's an unrealistic <laughs> ghost story, so. Uh, I believe in ghosts, actually. In my older years. I do. Or only not that I wouldn't do what Margaret did. I believe in but... ghosts, and maybe that has something to do with it, perhaps. Maybe. Table this, as Sammy likes to say, because I want to dive into that yeah. later, because I do not believe in ghosts, but I totally had that theory very early on um but i, I want to table that okay. table it as as table the professionals it. say <laughs> have we have we talked about the priest put a yet? pin in it have the we what? talked about the priest have we mentioned him we no not first yet. of all um we have to talk about real quick the um birds that like Ooh. to commit suicide and ram against the house and i'm talking about not just a few birds like mm-hmm. hundreds so much that she has to like burn them to get rid of their bodies mm-hmm. before like ants just take over the whole entire yard. Um, Did that hurt yes. your heart, and Stephanie? No, it, it no these birds. No, I well, it was. I mean, listen, I assumed they were crows, and like, who cares? Even though crows are very smart, <laughs> I assumed it was a crow. Yeah, one day they're gonna get us. But um, no, it, I was actually, it was actually kind of funny. Like imagining her and Frederica out there because Frederica would help her. Like they'd go out in this yard and pick up all the birds have a little bonfire and like she would call it pleasant and, and that's she was burning yeah. bodies of birds that crashed into her house with a ghost and she was having a pleasant evening mm-hmm. i love oh Margaret. and then she asked for roast chicken she asked for roast chicken because it smelled like chicken yeah <laughs> after yeah she said there's a faint smell of of yeah it's like pheasant, i think is what she said pheasant, pheasant. Yes. yeah it's just like it would be lovely to have roast chicken thank you <laughs> And then Frederica goes, makes it. I'm like, damn, I need a Frederica. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Did we get into the, the ghost of the um, priest who would come and into the, this house is clear <laughs> in my Ace Ventura voice. <laughs> yes. I have exercised the demons. <laughs> anyways that would happen and i had to laugh and there was a part so she would like follow him around the house and and the oh the catholic church like everyone turned her away nobody wanted to come help her with this haunted house they all thought she was crazy but this one priest i don't what was his name father did we get francis francis it wasn't a francis yeah um grandpa cares yeah (laughs) grandpa or grandpa's name he was the only one who believed them would come to the house and he was this old frail in his 90s very old man and it always made me, it made me laugh when I was reading it. And he was, she was following him around the house saying her, her lines, you know, she had lines she had to repeat during the exorcisms. And then she said she was never quite sure if she was making the cross right over her body, you know, when he would tell her to do it. And it made me laugh. Like, I know we've all experienced something. Have we all experienced the Catholic church in some way, shape or form? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very theatrical. Mm-hmm. Greg's family, they're all very devout Catholics. And so when we have family meals together, there's a prayer that is said. It's got a songy chant vibe to it i never get it right and they're all doing the thing and i'm like fumbling i'm like fighting for my life during this chant trying to make sure i don't look like you know the the one not, it's interesting but it made me laugh because it's like such a theatrical religion like have so many the holy water flicking on everything you know like it's mm-hmm. <laughs> she the way it that is. she describes the event of him going and cleansing the house is quite comical too because she's like mm-hmm. she's sweating bullets trying to pull off the boards and he's she's getting flicked with the the holy water the whole yeah. time she's wiping it off yeah. her brow like she's like amen which is ripping the last board off <laughs> and she has to like recite all the shit back to them you know like you do in the prayer like and on to you, Father. Like all the yes. shit she's like. And peace God. be with you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's like flicking the water on their antique furniture. <laughs> She's just like, like going through the motions at this point. It was great. One point, Frederica walked to the living room and is like, "Really? We're doing this? <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. We're here again." She's just like shaking her head like this the whole time. Like, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Turns out, Father Francis was um, mentally unstable, as we find out in the book. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, we're so sorry you were exposed to him. And she's like, he was the only one who believed me. <laughs> right. That also lended to Vanessa's theory, though, I think I'm is why Vanessa right. still thought. Because even too, I was like, man, they're all like mentally ill. Like it was all crazy. But but was he mentally ill or was he just like into ghosts? Like, I mean, I, right. I, I mean, so first of all, let me just say he's pulling up in um <laughs> oh, yeah. in a fast and furious car with rap music blaring. <laughs> That's sign number one. Something's off. That was his teenager. Get a teenager. His little driver. Um, well, there was the one that the, Julio. Julio. The last time the father was at the house, they took the boards off, and as soon as they did, Master Vale possessed him briefly or attacked him with his spirit, whatever it was. Put fly like shoved flies in his mouth or something. I don't remember exactly how the flies got there, but. Um, so the flies should we flies? Why, pray tell, are there flies coming from the basement? Hmm. Right. So Wait. it's like the the father was attacked Wait. by the flies, right? So this is after Hal has gone missing, yes. and and he yes. is possessed. Yes. This so was all of coming. that real? Did all of that happen? Did the flies really get launched from the basement into the father? Like, or did they? There's. I mean, that's your the whole book. You're trying to figure out what's real and what's maybe a woman slipping through dementia because you're not quite sure, you know, because um, once the you find out, well, all right. Yes, that did happen. Um, he got possessed by Master Vale. I, I don't think that was something that didn't happen. That definitely happened. Um, he got possessed and had, had flies coming out of his mouth. I mean, I feel like that's, we're not giving anything away if we talk about that because that did happen. I don't want to get into why there was a lot of flies in the house at the moment. I would like to go through something else first, if you guys would allow. But this all did happen. He Didn't he like levitate mm-hmm. and his mouth was like gurgling, making this weird sound and like spit up flies and then died a week later? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. that right? And like, then he like vomited like crazy. Like like I think she said violently yeah. vomited after all the flies came mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah. Yes. And then just packed his shit up and like left. Yeah. He just packed was like, all right. Yeah. He was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. He, goes out the, he goes out the door. Julio, we're leaving. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I think about Julio, get the jet. I think about that song. <laughs> Speaking of Bruno Mars, man. The Bruno Mars song. I was I'm picturing um, Charlie Hunnam and Sons of Anarchy when it's towards the end. He's like, he does the whirlwind thing and then like the fucking all the, all oh, the yeah. things like fuck shit up. Oh, That's I love him. He's like, wrap it up anyway. Um, okay. Before we get into any of the twist and the ending and all that stuff like that, let's talk about what happened when Hal and Margaret went to the basement for the first time to encounter Master Vale and what they saw. Because they were like, look, Hal's like, I'm going down there. I'm kicking this motherfucker's ass. I'm getting him out of our home. Like, we're not dealing with this shit. And so they go down there. He has a paddle that they found, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um that I guess he used to get beat with as a child and Hal was mm-hmm. going to go down there and muscle him. Margaret references the fact that Hal went through life thinking you can muscle your way through things. So he goes down there and he's just, you know, like 
beating his hand like, all right, motherfucker, where are you at? Like, you know, we're going to get you. And Margaret talks about just even the first time they went to the house and went to the basement, like the air felt wrong. It smells off. It, it feels evil. Like just everything about the basement is just wrong and off. So they go down there. Um, there's this little corner off in the basement and that is where they end up finding master Vale, And he's got this like table set up and he's got like all these tools, like torture tools and stuff like hanging up. And when they go down there, they find Angelica on the table spread out. And if I'm telling any of this wrong, someone please interject. Am I on the right path still? Okay, great. Um, so they're transported back in time to when Angelica was killed. They're back. Margaret says, I feel like I'm very much in the then time period. So they're transported back to that time. And she hears like this weird, evil laughter. They think it's howling. It ends up being like his evil laughter actually is what it is. And he's so delighted because he's down there picking a torture tool to fuck up poor little Angelica with. She's like tied down to the table and he's just super delighted. He ends up picking a hammer. And so they actually witness him bashing her head in with the hammer. And I think is it at that point, um, oh, Angelica, this whole time, by the way, is like looking at them. Okay. So Margaret's making eye, eye contact with this poor little girl the whole time as she's getting, you know, murdered. Um, she looks over at them, even as she's getting her head bashed in, Margaret's still making eye contact with her. And then at this point, um, he licks her blood. This is where I think we had differing maybe opinions on. I thought he was licking her blood. I didn't think he was actually eating her, biting her. I thought he was just tasting the blood he he got out. Um, and then I think it's at that point that Hal screams. Is that correct? And that's what shifts Master Vale's attention over to them now? Correct. And then shit pops off mm -hmm. like he's like oh no <laughs> what are you guys doing down here and Hal's like you're getting out of here get out you're like I'm gonna beat your ass right now does this paddle look familiar and he's just like trying to pull the muscle on him <laughs> this paddle look familiar. and it it goes very very wrongly um he comes he comes at them and I think is this the first time they get the good look at him mm-hmm with his weird body. They had seen him before upstairs. Yeah. He, he had okay. made his way That's up the thought. stairs before. Yeah. In yeah. September, he would come out of okay. the house, which is why they realized that they boarded up. Or out of the base. started boarding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, he, he starts retreating at them. And it's not going well, right? Um, Hal tries to run away because he retreats quickly. Is this correct? Am I recounting? Are you saying retreat? Are you saying who's retreating? <laughs> Why do I get stuck retelling shit? You well, just kept going. <laughs> I thought we already went over this. I was, I was oh, we did? No, I was opening this segue for people no, to take we, over. No, we didn't take, we didn't talk about the whole scene. No. Oh. And honestly, and I'm going to be, I'm trying, I, I do know that there is this whole, there's, he, he comes after them and they're running and they're screaming. They're trying to get away and they're trying to get up the stairs. Yeah. And here's Master Vale with his creepy, he needs to, we didn't describe Master right, Vale. Cause, cause he's like tall and thin and yeah. like long arms and like, 
yeah. creepy. Yeah, like the, the guy from the house of the, what is it, the haunting of the Hill House? You guys see that movie, right? The top hat guy? Yeah. Like, that's oh, what I imagine was Master Veil. Vale. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, but but how quickly him. loses his, he loses his yeah. muscle, right? He's like, oh, no, we shouldn't have come down here. And so they, like, haul ass, try to haul ass back up the stairs. And at that point, um, can't get the door open. he grabs, like, yeah. Cal's leg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before they get to the stairs, Master Vale attacks Hal and has him on the ground, is chewing on his leg, is scratching him, and, and is hurting him. Yeah. Margaret comes back with the paddle, gives him a couple good whacks, gets him off of Hal. They run up yeah. the stairs together, um, and Master Vale comes up after them. And Master Vale has, you know, because he controls the basement and the door, he has locked the basement door and not letting them get out. He's physically, you know, with his spirit holding it shut. Um, and he's climbing up the stairs after them. And she described it like a spider. And you just know how that looks. Like, oh here comes yeah. Master Bale with his Rolling lesions. Up. He's got yeah. lesions leaking black ooze and red blood. And, like, he's spindly and his arms are longer than they should be. And, like, all these – this horrific description of this dude crawling yeah. up the stairs after them. And she's mm-hmm. elbowing him. She's like, and he's like, open screaming. the door. Like, you know, like they're all trying, you know, house banging the yeah. door of his shoulder trying to get out. And they're just – I mean, just imagine that. He's coming up the stairs and you're locked in. Terrifying. Um and who comes to yeah. save the day but little Elias? Oh, vampire pain uh, in the ass Apparently, Elias <laughs> is like kryptonite to this dude. Um, and this is when you get the first yeah. taste Which is of- interesting. Yeah, the ghost protecting the pranksters, you know, fighting back against Master Vale. And Elias bites him and like scares him away to leave them alone. This is where, yeah, I had a question about this because because they don't really mention how he dies, Elias, I- was under the assumption that if this was all real, the reason that he was able to do what he did to Master Vale was because he was the only one who was not killed by him, but still inhabited the house because he died in the house as well. Okay. So that's why Master Vale didn't have any like thing to do with him or why he could stand up to Master Vale unlike everybody hmm. else was because he was the only one not a victim of the circumstances related to Master Vale. Because even Jasper and them were victims okay. of Master Vale because they did what they did because of Master Vale. Whereas Elias was just a little boy who was just left alone. Yeah, she describes it as Master Vale did something to Hattie, which is Elias's mother, that that whatever he did to Hattie is what made Elias the way he is. So that's that implication that he right. was left abandoned as a kid. So that, that's interesting. Good good idea, right. Ness, maybe. Because, yeah, he's able to bite him and scare him off and, and physically eventually right. we'll get to it. Others can help too, but Elias was the first one to show force against Master Vale, where primarily the pranksters stayed away from the basement. They did not go or engage in any way with the basement. Um, but Elias put himself there right between them. And yeah. and Hal even, they had a cute moment together where Hal got down and thanked him for saving <laughs> yeah. them and Elias bit him. But he, he you know, he got down was like, yeah. oh, little buddy yeah. for your help. And Elias was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and through all that, Margaret wants to stay in this house. She has to patch up Hal's yeah. leg because he was physically attacked by a monster in the basement and she still wants to stay in this house. So we talked about Hal being an alcoholic and drinking. Uh, Nada in the end that he picked back up drinking, living in that house. Nada. And plus, you know, you have to remember too, Master Vale yeah. apparently could whisper in your ear and make you feel and see and do certain types of things. Um, and he was doing that with Hal. So he was like slowly torturing Hal. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't just start drinking, but he is drinking hot Jack Daniels out of the bottle. Like, that's how desperate he yeah. is. And, like, cabinet's full. Like, like he's deep, yeah. deep in the Jack yep. Daniels. Yeah. Yep. He's like you, desperate for Jack Fire you found. 
back in the refrigerator. Hey, you do what you got to do. Because your only option is the last recording. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do, pig. <laughs> okay, well, Hal's been dead in the basement the entire time. The entire month. Thus, the entire the, month. The entire month. Well, the entire time of the book. The entire month. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. The book starts <clears throat> in the beginning yes. of the month. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think all of us can agree. Yes. We thought Hal was dead in the basement. Yes. Yes. Was yes. Dan, you're the only one. Oh, I didn't. thought you did it, and that's why I was going to reign victory over no. you. No, I did, no, bitch. We all thought. We I all thought, thought you did it. No. And I was going to sing victory. No. No, Vanessa <laughs> thought she was crazy, and and that that she she thought that she was crazy, and the ghosts were fake, and and they were pointing to Hal in the basement. She knew he was in the basement the whole time. We can agree on that. We yeah, all figured out Hal was in the basement. Yeah. 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 The question yeah, was, right. how did Hal die? That was the big question. How did he get to the basement and die? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I had, is it clear how he died? Was it Margaret with the crowbar? I, is that unanswered? I think it was Master. I, I feel unanswered, honestly, about how he okay. died. I feel like she left him in the basement because he wanted to burn the house down because Margaret like is in love with this house. She, mm-hmm. he was, honestly, the way I remember listening to it is he was coming up the stairs, like trying to come back up because he's going to burn the shit down. She closes mm-hmm. the door and lets him get taken by Master Vale. Like, that's how I remember it. And maybe I'm, but that's how I remember it. I'm just like, and she just let him get taken. Mm-hmm. Correct. But then it's when she's recounting with the police later, when we'll get into that part. And she's like, well, I remember there was a crowbar. Did I, did I bash his head in? And then she asked the cop, like. Did it look like his head was bashed mm-hmm. with a crowbar? And he was like, "Yeah." But it looked like, but it looked like a lot so, of things had happened to him too. So it was hard. to... Yeah, it looked like he had a lot right. of horrific things done to him. I think he looked like what Jasper would have looked like in the closet. Right, because he died the same death as he he died the spider death. Correct. We'll call it the spider death. Correct. We'll get to that in a minute too. But the, the he died a spider okay. death. So I think it might look like he got hit in the head with a crowbar, but he also, if he died the spider death, was exploded from the inside out at times too okay. so i would imagine it would look like a crowbar i think um it's not clear it's unanswered but i i think you know she does mention she's like okay. i had she's like there were so many things in my head at this point margaret hasn't slept almost the entire yeah. month she's lost track of time and she's like i don't know what's real in my head and what isn't but she knew he had a match in his hand um and she knew that he looked like he'd been beaten and and more um and it kind of left it as this, because she described, you know, I was so quiet. This, I snuck down and hit him. He never saw me coming. Like she described what it would have been like had she be the one to kill him. So it's it, it's left right. up in the air. This is where part of my, the thought that she was mentally unstable yeah. came from was because when she was describing what he would have looked like in the basement is what Jasper looked like in the closet. Correct. So it's the exact same did he have a match in his hand? Jasper had a match in his hand. Was he crumpled and it looked like he had been, his face was messed up. Jasper was the same way. So in my mind, that's why when they were recounting it, all of these ghosts were really like visions or, or personalities of hers that she has truly encountered or seen or been a part of that were all her mind was trying to tell her, go look in the basement of what you did. So at yeah. first I definitely did think it had everything to do with her, that she was mentally messed up. She cracked after killing him and created all of these fake things um that's where that's where my theory was truly wrong because this shit really did happen Mm -hmm. by a creature of sorts but she was also honestly let's be real she was mentally unstable because 
Her husband was, could they not have talked about it? Like, was he really going to burn the house down? Maybe he was, but like, she knew he was going, what was going to happen to him in the basement. And she left him down there. And keep in mind, the doors were, it was boarded up after that point. So she boarded it up after she left him down there. So like, I just imagined him like beating on the door, like, let me out. Um, So so I do, honestly, that part was, I still don't know how I feel about the whole how death, honestly, like Margaret, I feel like she knew what she was doing, that she was, she knew he was leaving him down there. He was going to get eaten by, or whatever happened to, with Master Vale. He doesn't eat him, I guess. Um, but I still, like, she acted so, like, that's what I guess not irritated me, but like, she acted so like, oh, I don't know. Like he left the house and I haven't heard from him, but she knew the whole time <laughs> that he was down there. Like that's where the mental part came in for me and where it really was leaning towards she's, she's, had a mental break and when she does it i'm like well damn well she's still mental though Mm -hmm. because she still doesn't yeah i don't know that part just was weird to me um like he was down there the whole time and she acted like she yeah you're right because she would have had to have boarded it up he would have had to have because they boarded it after the attack the last september so he pried she heard him prying the boards off of the basement door she heard him walking around splashing gasoline so she at some point went downstairs and put the boards back up and didn't either didn't bother to look and see if he was down there or maybe she did look and see, and that's how she knew. And then she just blocked it. And that's why it came up in her head. Like, oh, was he holding a match? Like, cause she did see that. Um, so it's hard, you know, you don't, right. you don't know. That's the only unanswered question I had at the end of this was like, what part of that was real and what wasn't. Yeah. I, yeah, me too. I feel like that's part of her, her um, real life job. Like what she does studying the mind and stuff, which is where mm. some of that came into play in this story. So she, she did a very good job of mm. kind of making it blurring the lines, I guess is really the right term what what truly is real and what isn't hmm. i i i'm a firm believer margaret killed hal because he's not following the fucking rules and he's <laughs> ruining this for her <laughs> and left him in the, maybe yeah like yeah even if it's not you know definitely said in the book like that's what i feel because she even She's recollecting this memory. Like, I feel like that's her remembering like, oh yeah, I did do that because she loved this house like so much, this weird obsession she had, she had with the house. Um, I don't know. I I'm, I'm a believer that Margaret, Margaret killed Hal was like, you're not taking this away from me. You're not following the rules. I'm done. You're out of here. I'm living here. You know what? If so, good for Margaret. Cause he was a fucking asshole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, mm-hmm. then was he going to let her burn mm-hmm. up in the house? He was. Because she was content. She was content to sit here and just she, shrivel she up lay, and die. She stayed in bed and, and anticipating she was going to burn to death in the house. Like she yeah. definitely thought, yeah. yeah, she was asleep and woke up the next morning and was like, oh, I'm still awake. So in the story, was she an unreliable narrator? You know, we don't, you know, that's a, that's an annoying perspective, you know, like that, that, you know, maybe so, but um, oh, she yeah, went to sleep we planning to die, hearing him slosh around, but she knew he went into the That's basement. That's true. That much we knew from that perspective that, you know, what happened after that? Because you too, you know, Master Vale can put things in mm-hmm. your head. He put things in, in um, Jasper's head, made Jasper kill his wife and the housekeeper, you know, so maybe he planted this story in her head that she killed her husband or something. You never know. Who would be surprised with this house? Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I actually have a note that I was like, at some point in the story, I put a note in the book where I was like, you know what? I hope that in the end, Margaret gets to kill that fucker. I hope she does. And I was talking about how. I hope she got her retribution is what I was thinking. (laughs) I guess the house got it for her one way or the other. 
I don't know. Did we really even get into um, the physical abuse? I don't. I don't know if we really talked about that much, but um, how got to a point where he was controlling, and then also would get physically abusive when he was drinking, and um, the rules of this, according to Margaret, were that's fine. I'll tolerate it as long as you don't come after our daughter. And there was one point in time where she came home from the grocery store and embarked on Hal and Catherine having an argument um, because she got dropped off. Catherine got dropped off by someone that was a boy at their house. And I guess he wasn't in tune to the fact that his daughter played for the other team and he was just calling her a slew of, of horrible names um, just really breaking every rule that Margaret had set for their fucked up relationship that they had with the boundaries that she had set. Um, and that part of the book, when she described it, because she, she said it got worse from here. And then, you know, she didn't get into detail, but she said, I'm a survivor. Um, afterwards I sat here breathing and surviving because that's what I do. Um, and then after that, she sent her daughter away to go live with her sister so she could be safe for a little while. So imagine your mom protecting yourself and your child from this abusive man. Um, you're in this house and they seem to want to murder <laughs> someone who's been giving you a hankering your whole life. Do you let him? Do you let the house take the guy who's, you know, breaking the rules and, and, you know, making your life more miserable? Mm-hmm. Well, and trying to take away your home, which she, she's and very adamant this whole home. time. This is my home. Yeah. Like, this is my home. Not Mr. Vale's, not, this is my place. I'm not even house. Like, this is her home. That's how she sees it. Yeah. Well, because, the, you know, they both came from like broken families, I guess. So they were each other's home. Until he got super controlling and violent with her. And then, but she was so broken herself. She tolerated it. Like, as we've said before, you know, she's like, just follow the rules. You'll be fine. So she goes through her whole life following all these rules with her husband, with her daughter, with the house. Poor lady. (laughs) At what point are you like, fuck everybody? Like, this is my house. If you don't like it, get out. Like, that's what I feel like she was at at this point in her life. You know, she's like, I love this home. Frederica's my mm-hmm. fucking maid. Mm-hmm. She's making me tea every day. How get mm-hmm. the fuck out if you're not on board. You know, Catherine could care less mm-hmm. about coming here. Like, I'm ready to, like, be an old woman and hang out in my home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to me, I, I feel like, again, it just, to me, there's so many parallels between domestic violence and what she endured with Hal as the master veil of their marriage is how it was to me. Um, that Hal and master veil were, like, not one and the same, but, like, in the world of the abuse she endured in the haunted house, like they were the same person. They were the perpetrators. And, and I guess we can, we can get into it from here, but you know, she had her grandstand against Hal in the room when he was threatening to hurt Catherine, he was getting ready to hit her. And uh, Margaret doesn't just interfere, but she physically assaults Hal for the first time ever, knocking him to the ground, getting him away from Catherine, yelling for Catherine to run. And then she gives Hal a piece of her mind 
that was a really hard scene to read because you knew it was going to happen to her and you knew like he was going to overpower like I don't care how big and bad you are as a woman like we're sometimes just yeah. not as strong as men and like <laughs> she just she was a small woman so she didn't she unfortunately you know really got her ass beat by him that night which is horrible and then he went to a bar to drink mm-hmm. like and I just that's when I was, I literally made a note in the book like I hope she fucking kills him and I hope she yeah. gets the opportunity um you know, she had a, she called her sister for help. And number one, if one of you ever calls me and you're so messed up, you can barely speak physically because your mouth hurts so bad. We know. Same or they on. had, no, they We're had had periods be, of time you know, where they didn't speak though. Like, like I, what was it? The, what lies between us book, Sammy, where I was like, Look, if if Heaven or Bright ever says, "Oh, Sam's not available. She's in a rest home." I'm like, "No. No. <laughs> I can exactly. talk to my sister yeah. like, no. There's not going to be a point in time where we're taking she can't talk right now as an answer." Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. He he drew a wedge. He he drove a wedge between her yeah. and her sister so they wouldn't speak so he could isolate her. And we hear this story. This is that's yeah. what they do. They isolate yeah. you away from the people that would interfere and speak up for you and say, you know, they want you away from that. They want you beat down yeah. and submissive. And it was, it was tough because you don't, you don't perceive Margaret as weak. You really don't, but you also know she endured years of domestic violence and a part of you always wants to go, why Margaret did you stay with how, why, you know, that's the question everybody always wants to ask somebody who stays after a beating so bad like that. All of it was bad, but like when it gets that bad, what makes you stay? Um, And again, it's that generation of, you know, caring about her daughter enough to get her out of the, but not enough about herself to stop the situation, you know, keeping her out of it, thinking that they had an understanding. And then Master Vale comes into this house. She lives in this house with Master Vale and he does the same thing where he, you know, Margaret has to live by certain rules to avoid consequences and to not be punished and yada, 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 yada. Um, And it's just, she's so used to the experience of being with an abuser that the house was like, oh, I know how to do this. This is a cake. Yeah. You follow the rules, you don't get, there's no consequences and that's it. And when you break the rules, you deal with what happens. Um, And so, you know, Margaret does get to have her grandstand against Master Vale too. And it also goes how it went with Hal. She was not going to win on her own. Like she was going to probably, you know, he was going to end up killing her. Um, Before we get into the grandstand, I mean, there's so much that happens between you know, like in the book yeah. before the grandstand with Master Vale. I don't want to spoil it yet because there's so much that leads up to that moment in the basement with him. Um, so I think we should probably um, talk about the big moment, the ending scene, the last, the big moment, the moment where it dawns on me that oh shit, my theory is trash. That moment, right? The blood starts coming down the stairs, and and, and everybody, including the cops, are seeing this at this stage. Yeah. And the cops are there. Let's set the, st- the stage real yes, quick. The cops are the there stage. because they tracked down where Hal was staying when he left. Because he did, in fact, leave the house one night. Stayed gone for several days. Um, or was it the same night? I can't remember. But he did come back to the house. And they tracked the cabbie who drove him and dropped him off at the house. And by the way, that's when I knew that Edie was a ghost. Whenever they described Hal getting dropped off and how the cab driver was like, it was the only house on the street. So I dropped him off a half mm-hmm. mile away, but I knew where he was going. And that's Same. when I was like, ding, there's no neighbor. Same. He's a ghost. Yeah. Same. Wow. Um, Same. Yep. yep. Really? Yep. Immediately. Immediately. Really? And again, that- I wrote it down. I, I mean, it, yeah. That added to more of my theory that I just thought that she was just going insane yeah. because she now had fake neighbors that didn't wow. exist. Yeah. 
pinged it right away. So so anyway, so the, the cops are like, okay, so he came back to the house and Catherine gets home in time to give her like a one more one minute warning, like, hey, they said dad came back to the house this night and here they come. And the cops show up, multiple of them, detectives and police officers, and they're basically like, Where's Hal? You're not telling us the whole story. They can tell she's spacey. Cause at this point, September's in full damn swing. Margaret's not sleeping. Her life is absolute chaos. And Catherine had done a dementia test on her and she had failed spectacularly (laughs) in her defense. She had, you know, it was the ghost children were all over her during her dementia test. So she couldn't pay attention to a lick of it um, and failed miserably on the dementia test. Um, And the cops are there and they're like, hey, listen, we know Hal came back. Like, it's time you got to be straight with us. And they have talked with Catherine and they're all on the same page that Margaret is losing her mind, that she's she's experiencing um, whatever it was that her father had, which they never said what his disorder was, but schizophrenia probably paid into it. Um, the paranoia, you know, all those things they could pinpoint. And it, and, and it tidied up nicely. Mm-hmm. If she did truly have schizophrenia and dementia or whatever it was, it tied up everything. It answered every question. Um, and the cops are like, you know, and Margaret comes to believe them. She's like, oh, wow. Like, I actually think yeah. I might really be losing my mind. Like they're making... She's like, this all makes a ton of sense, you know? And she's like, wow, did I really kill Hal? And I don't remember it. And so they've got Catherine, uh, Margaret believing it. And they're, uh, they've arrested her. She's handcuffed and they're walking her out of the house. And the house says, fuck no, you ain't <laughs> taking our lady. The, um, the police have discovered and how. And shit pops yeah, off. Yeah, the police discovered how in the basement. Yeah, so that's an important element yes. of it. And that's when, when Margaret finds out that, oh, okay, you're right. He has been here the whole time. And then that, and then the officer's, okay, well- you're clearly the one who killed him. We're going to have to take you in your yep. old dementia self and all has to put handcuffs on and walk out this house and the house loses it. She's finally told them about the ghost. She's like, you know, Oh, and the scratches on my arm, they're Elias. And you know, you have to understand the children and master Vale has been killing people. And there's all <laughs> kinds of dead people in this house that have died and never left. And they're like, Catherine's like, mom, shut yeah. up. Stop, Stop talking. Speaking. You know, cause now it sounds like she's killed everybody. Right. <laughs> they got their, they got their hands on their yeah. guns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all like, what the fuck, lady? (laughs) Um, And they're walking out of the house, and it's so sad. Margaret's like, I'm remembering the kitchen. I'm going to miss this. And they're literally heading to the door. uh, Jones, one of the female detectives, she's outside. She's walking to the car, and everyone's, you know, they're doing the march down the hallway, and the house just says, fuck no, slams the door. And um, it's like the frenzy. It's like September on steroids. It's like everything that happens in the house happens in a really angry fashion, Birds are slamming the doors and the windows. The blood is rushing down. Um, the blood is rushing down. Remember that little The Tingles game? Give yourself an egg on your back and the blood is rushing. Come on. What you guys the know fuck what I'm talking are you about? talking about? No. How you give how you give yourself tingles when you, there's a knife yes. in your back and the blood is rushing down. I don't remember that part. Yeah. I, remember, I remember the egg thing, but not I the remember knife. an egg and then you do like the yolk coming out, but where's this right? part? Right? Yeah, but not the oh, knife. Holy shit. What kind of games oh, did you play? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, it's from the office my bad um no oh dwight God. schrute did that to michael scott um anyways um so as they're leaving the ghosts start to show themselves and and the cops get to see the children start to show themselves the kids are you know whirling through the room the one kid's dragging himself through the blood but has no legs angelica's running by um the cops have their guns out and they're like what the fuck they're all like trying to chase the children around Catherine's screaming it's it's as chaotic as you would imagine mm-hmm. it would be for people who heard her tell this story thought she had dementia or schizophrenia and then experienced it in real time. Like suddenly the house was pissed. Um, and then comes the killings 
of the cops. So there's three cops there. Well, four technically, two detectives and two police officers. Um, I know you're probably sick of hearing my voice right now because I've been talking a hot minute and I'm happy to hand this passage over. But guys, you, someone has to read the spider descriptions of what happens to the bones. Read it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Bear with me. It. You'll be, you'll be, I'll be done talking in a moment. Oh, I'm Great. ready. It's not the right page. Here we go. Yes. If anyone wants to mute themselves, take a potty break. I'll be here a minute reading this. I, I might do that. <laughs> All right. So I am going to jump around a little bit because I really just want you guys to hear what was happening to these police officers. Um, All right. It happened to Price first, which is one of the police officers. It was challenging to put into words exactly what started happening to Price. When bodies do new things, things they were never designed to do, language fails. The best way to describe it is like when a spider is sprayed with insecticide. There is a certain way that spiders die, an unnatural way, twitching and contorting, limbs twisting in double upon themselves. They bend onto their backs, writhing and breaking, their bodies good for nothing except playing out the end of their little lives. Um, I'm just going to give you tidbits of what was happening to Price, little descriptions. His fingers and wrists twisted inward towards his chest, bending in on themselves until the bones gave in. His wrist cracked at sharp angles, jagged protrusions suddenly visible underneath his straining skin. The skin of his right wrist tore, revealing a blade of white and mid red, red, red. He stared down at them with wide, shocked eyes as if he didn't yet comprehend what he was seeing. Then the bones in his forearm snapped, splitting down the middle like dry branches in the fall, and he understood. Blood squirted out of him as his skin popped open in harsh lines, spraying onto the walls in the floor and a little bit on Coop's sleeve. Um, it goes on to describe his legs cracking beneath him like like he had fallen like a tree, um, tipping backwards, his, his wrist cracking in outwards like he was basically pried open by this invisible force um it's it it goes on i mean his his the sound price's femurs made as they splintered was memorable his legs were now jagged lines and his limbs were curving into his core bracketing like a cage and this goes on like it went on for a long time eventually there's like things were popping with a lot of blood in them um and so it starts with one of the police officers and they all watch it happen and meanwhile one of the detectives is like Margaret, you got to stop this. Like, you need to make this stop. Like, whatever it is, you got to stop this. And she's like, I can't do shit. You know, the the house removed her handcuffs, slammed the door shut. Like, nobody was getting out of here. Um, and it happens to one police officer first and then another. And the last police officer, he's like, he's like, if you don't make this stop, I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head. Like, this is it. Guns on your head. I'm going to count to three and I'm going to pull the trigger. And right before he pulls the trigger and shoots her because she can't stop it, his chest explodes and he dies. Um, it's like the house was like, you're not taking her and you ain't killing her. And she's staying right here. Um, and then Master Vale comes up and takes her daughter down to the basement. Um, and that's when Margaret finds the strength, just like she did with Hal, to finally stand up to the monster that torments her. And the enough is enough. You've broken the rules now. You're allowed to fuck with me as much as you want. Do whatever you want to me. I endure your pranksters. I endure this house and everything you throw at me. But don't you touch my daughter. Like, that's her one rule that she lays for the abusive people in her lives, her, her husband and this demon, whatever you want to call him down there. Um, and then comes the fight with Master Vale. When Margaret gets down to the basement, she finds, and I, I would like to point out, we didn't talk about this yet, but Margaret had a premonition. I, I, in my opinion, she had a premonition of what happened. She had a nightmare earlier and it kind of feeds into our sleep paralysis nest. We haven't talked about yet. Um, a nightmare where she watched Master Vale pin Catherine down. 
she saw split faces and, and all these things came into play in this nightmare. And that's what she ended up experiencing in the basement. She comes down and Master Vale has Catherine pinned. He's, you know, on the table and he's happy as all get out because he's got a new person to torture. Um, and Margaret, bless her heart, does the same thing she did to Hal. She tackles Master Vale, knocks him off of her daughter, um, takes the fight, you know, to him and, and turns the attention to her, tells Catherine to run. Catherine, unfortunately, this is when she sees her father down there for the first time, like in the midst of, you know, Catherine, who is so very human and so very, she isn't experiencing any of this. So she only just saw the ghost upstairs for the first time, like everyone else. A lot happened for her <laughs> to see all of that and then get dragged to the basement by this creature, find her dead crumpled father on the floor in there who had died like a spider. Um, and Margaret and Master Vale, they get into a fight where basically, you know, Margaret's yelling at him, like, it's time for you to get the fuck out of this house. This is my house. You broke the rules. It's time to go. Um, she's she's loud. She's courageous. She's she's like, oh, who is this voice? Like, you don't, you don't even recognize myself. Like, look at me go. Um, and Master Vale is just grinning at her because like he doesn't give a fuck. Like he's doing the same thing Hal was thinking, like, I'm going to squash you like a bug. And that's what he tries to do. He tries, you know, he attacks um, Margaret. Catherine, bless her heart, comes back and, and starts hitting him with the paddle. She found the paddle that they had dropped in the basement down there, which, skirt, wouldn't a Master Vale have destroyed it a long time ago? If it was I, I thought the, the same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's all right. We'll let her have it. So she's hitting him with the, with the paddle. You know, she gets a good whack, couple good whacks in and eventually Master Vale just breaks it because he's an absolute monster. Um, and you think it's all done for them. He's cornered them. He, at one point he's described as a jumping spider. Oh God. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Yes. Preparing to launch and, and he like misses and lands and his knees are up mm. by his ears, you know, and he's like, hey, he's in. Was he in basement room? <laughs> yes. Spider crickets. Yeah. Spider cricket, yeah, that's what I imagined the whole time as him. Yeah. But they would describe him, yeah, they describe him as baring his teeth and screaming at the same time. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, isn't isn't baring your teeth like? You're like, oh, okay, okay. mouth open too. You like that? that? Was yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Mouth mouth unhinged. Yeah. yeah, jaws unhinged. Like he's jaws an absolute unhinged. monster. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they're they're they think they're done for, and they're kind of holding hands back against a wall, and then. In come the pranksters and Frederica shows up first and gets between Master Vale and them. And he's like, mom asked you to leave. You know, she's in her little <laughs> former formal voice. Um, Edie shows up as well and shows up for her friend and down there with Frederica backing it up. Um, and then good old Elias shows up and he's, you know, physically attacking Master Vale, draws blood and black ooze, whatever it is else, physically attacks him. And then all of the children start to show up. The children that Master Vale had killed and tortured, um, they show up and start taking their shots at him. And they're they're kind of doing a lot of the same things that he had done to them. So the one who was gutted reached into his stomach and pulled out his intestines. One of them ripped his leg off. One ripped his arm off. Like, you know, Angela ends up, you know, slamming her fist into his head, Angelica. Um, and they just all really just took turns. They chased him up through the basement, out of the house, out into the yard, and just took turns beating the shit out of him. It was like a big old retribution for anybody who had been abused. They all just went ham on his ass. I um, mean, it was great. It was, it, you know, and and they're all yelling, get the fuck out. You know, like the whole time everyone's screaming at him. I don't think the ghosts were saying get the fuck out, but um, Catherine definitely was. Yeah, she Catherine was there was, with us yeah. screaming that. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, and eventually they are able to kill and uh, I guess kill or abolish him. Just, I don't know. Abolish exercise him, exercise him from the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Margaret gets the last whack. She uses an axe. Frederica gets it for her and hands her an axe. And Margaret gets one last whack at his head. Um, and he eventually just like disappears kind of into a mushy mess in the yard. And the house 
takes a big old breath. It's like all of a sudden, everything evil about the house dissipates. The children reform themselves. They're no longer deformed. They all start to come back to life. Um, not not back to life, but like they're no longer scary. Figure, they're no longer yeah. what they're no longer how they died. Now they're what they were before they died. And everyone kind yeah. of you know it, it all happens in one big breath. The house just starts to heal. Even the creepy Blythe is up on the sitting on the roof with the bird singing. You know, like it's suddenly everything about the house is very different. Um, and they were able to eventually banish out the bad guy and. And Hal died too. Good. Fuck him. So in the end, the bad guys died. Yeah. The one, (laughs) the one cop is sitting in her cop car. Like how the fuck? Like what the fuck just happened? Right. (laughs) Forgot about her. She was outside getting her ass kicked by the crows. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. She was getting attacked by birds. One cop was pinned up to the roof though. Do y'all remember that? It was her. One got pinned up to the ceiling. That's right. And she had flies coming out of her mouth. It was her. It was Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It was oh, okay. She came in to come see what was going on, and she's like, "Oh fuck!" Like, and she got pinned. Yes, yeah. yeah, so she got pinned. Oh, okay. Yes, and then she was oh. just shooting flies out of her mouth the whole time. Okay. Yeah, so she she was actually running after Margaret, who was running after Catherine down in the basement, and ju- and and she got souped up to the ceiling and was pinned like a butterfly to a corkboard. That's right. Yeah, I yeah. said that earlier. Yeah. Um, and then gun, you know, flies were coming out of her mouth, and it was. It, for a long yeah. time, flies yeah. were coming out of her for mouth. A long time. Like, like, they just, like picking no. wings yeah. out later while she's sitting in her car. Yeah. Like, God, there's still like flies in here. Uh-huh. It's really gross. And she's like, I have to call homicide for somebody. Like, like, I have to call everybody. Yeah. And then I think she said, so your house is haunted, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I was mm-hmm. saying. Well, and I, I loved that she actually played a part at the end yeah. because – she was the one who, who like tried to understand what kind, Margaret was, yeah. what was going on with yeah. Margaret. Like, obviously she knew like something was going on with Margaret. Like, Hey, like, I know like things could have been hard. Like what's going on. So I actually loved that she was the one who kind of at the end, kind of like, you know, she didn't save the day necessarily, but was still there at the end. I like that. So. She didn't definitely did her body. No, she didn't. Twisted <laughs> like a spider though. I mean, I, I like that she was the one who was like sensitive to the mental illness part of it. Right. And at the end, you know, didn't get, gutted like these other guys in their weird disgusting way right because that's interesting the house only killed men who tried to who tried to end what was happening there including margaret staying so like jasper tried to burn the house down and that's how he ended up stuck in a closet with a, a match hal tried to burn the house down so he died like a spider too and then all the cops who were trying to take her out they all died but it is interesting that jones was was mm-hmm. spared from that and Catherine, and even and even um Margaret herself, like at any point, Master Vale could have just twisted them up like spiders, right? But he didn't. It's interesting mm-hmm. that he didn't do it to women, but only the men. I had an um, interesting thought about that because he, he never had a mother figure. So I was thinking like, was Margaret like the houses, like this is our mom, Aww. you know? So we want to, when she left, she didn't feel right. You know, you don't feel right leaving your kids. Um and then a part of me kind of was thinking, was Master Vale keeping her around because he didn't have a mom, a real mom? You know, he was abused his whole life. And is that why he was so attached to her and, mm-hmm. and didn't really ever lash out at her in particular? Yeah. Because he did kill other women. Not kill. He didn't kill other women, but like, you know. He, he- manipulated other people. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I think I feel like everyone left Margaret alone because she was the only one who was like, you know what? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna f- figure out the rules. Playing by the rules. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna figure out the rules. And they're like, you know, we can all get along. Like, it could be copacetic. Like that's how I, I kind of saw it is that they just left her be because she she was willing to let them yeah. be. Like they just want to live in the house. She just wants to live there too. So yeah. Or <laughs> or she was crazy, and everyone else who died was the same people who were like, this fucking house is nuts. But because Margaret, you know, who also stayed through years of horrendous physical abuse from her husband and was like, this is just the way I live my mm-hmm. life. Like, she was that way in the house, and the house was like, great, you're then we're not letting you go. Like, you're easy. You know, you're easy to keep yeah, around mm-hmm. and manipulate. Um, and everyone else who died was like real-life people who were like, what the fuck? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's tough because, like, you don't want to be like – it was good that she was as accommodating in the house. I don't want to say that because the parallels to the domestic violence, like I don't think she should have been accommodating and flexible and stayed with house. So I don't want to say it's good that she was so bendy in the house because to me, they're direct. They go parallel together, the domestic violence and what she endured in the house. So like, I don't want to say one's good because the other one's really bad. And I don't know, you know, so my brain gets Uh, confused in the story. Well, nothing about her relationship or this house was good. Um, if you're ever in a real life situation, uh, no, no one deserves to live like this as they reference numerous of times in the book. Um, mm-hmm. if your house is haunted, you get the fuck out and you find somewhere else to live. Right. There's plenty you of don't houses. Follow the rules. <laughs> you don't follow the rules. This is a work of fiction. So no, if you're in a shitty relationship, you don't follow the rules. You get the fuck out. You don't have to live like that. And same goes for literally everything else in life. You make and the rules for what you want. If you listening to this are a domestic abuser, fuck off and stop it. <laughs> oh yeah. And that. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. They don't deserve it. Yeah. I thought about poor little Margaret. Yeah. She just didn't deserve anything that was happening. She didn't deserve it. Yeah. Cause she seemed pretty chill, pretty cool. She just wanted to paint in her studio, do her own thing, drink her tea. She, it was funny. There was one scene where she, um, I know I said I was going to stop talking and here I am um, where she describes her, her anxiety spiral. And she's like moved up to the porch where she's like, if you're going to spiral into anxiety, you might as well do it with a nice view. And she's just out there rocking on her porch while she's <laughs> fretting over what's to come. Mm-hmm. I like it when she's, when she's talking about um, when she's with uh, Catherine and they're having wine and stuff. And Catherine's always catching her with a pot of boiling water, which is, we know is Frederica. Mm-hmm. And she's like, damn it, mom, you left another thing in here. Did you want something? Would you like me to make you some tea? And she's like, well, God, I don't want tea, but I told her I made the pot. So now I have to. Then she goes in and she's like, oh, but she, I see she put out the chamomile and my honey. And now <laughs> I want tea. And the honey. <laughs> I would like tea. That sounds rather nice. It's just, it's just so yeah. weird. It's cute. Her her and Frederica were so cute. They yeah. really were. And I love that Frederica actually was was one of the the pranksters that showed us up at the end to help her too. Mm-hmm. Um I, I kinda I knew that was coming too. I feel like that was another theory that I knew. I was like, I feel like Frederica's gonna come back at the end. Like I felt like there was gonna be something with them. Oh yeah, I, d- I didn't think that. I didn't know what was gonna happen, but I didn't anticipate the I did not think the pranksters were gonna like swoop in and fight Master Vale. Um Simpleton. Um, I guess. <laughs> Did you guys have any more theories we didn't already talk about? Mm, no, I guess that Freedy would. Uh, oh, oh, Sam, were you, did you miss where we talked about Edie? I think you might have gone to the restroom or something. Um, when Vanessa and I clocked that Edie um, was a ghost was whenever the cab driver dropped. Oh, off at the and house. she had her bra on her hand. Did Joe talk about her bra on her hand? 
That was the best part. The description of her daughter walking in the house and she has a bra on her hand. Oh, no. Listen back to no. that. Yeah. We were talking about- Is that what you're talking about? No, no. We were talking about no. the moment oh. when, oh. um, when Hal comes back to the house to burn it down and the the cabbie drops him off, but drops him off further down the road. And he mentions, are you sure you want to be here? There's like literally no houses here. I could just take you down to where your home is. And in that moment, it was when Stephanie and I both realized Edie's not a neighbor because there's no fucking houses. Um, definitely not. Sorry, guys. Oh. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, I, I didn't either. Yeah. Just means no, I didn't. I did it. No, honestly, but where I did think is because Catherine, and it was kind of my nod to Savage Savage side, is that Catherine never acknowledged Edie on the porch. So when mm-hmm. Catherine got home from sleeping with the bartender, um, she comes in as she comes in, she's all disheveled. She's got a bra on her hand and doesn't even say a word to, to any of them on the porch. And I figured she'd be like, hey, mm-hmm. who's your friend? And she never says that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of got a vibe then. Um, was it, there was something going on with Edie, but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Hal never liked her, you know, it was kind of like just that too. Like it just felt like there was something like, you know, again, like the savage side, like nobody talked to Edie, but Margaret. Mm-hmm. Imagine Hal you sitting in the I'd house. Know she's better like, by now. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's, she's, you know, <laughs> Margaret's in the, in the, on the porch. She's like, Oh, I'm out here talking to Edie. And he's like, God damn it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck he goes? yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> No wonder he hit her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Edit. 30 seconds ago. You were saying, no. I get bad it. at the end. All right. Moving on. Um, did Margaret love the house more than her real family? So I put that question out there because I, I, I struggled with the fact that I will say, so you're, you're shaking your head a little bit, Vanessa. So I will say when I listened to, cause I started listening to it again a little bit this morning. So I got to like chapter four or something. Um, and there was a comment that was made about that. The only person who could get her out of the house was probably Catherine. Um, so I think that there was, when I listened to it, the first time I listened to it though, I was like, damn Margaret, like get out of the house. Like you're, you know, Hal doesn't like it. Catherine doesn't like it. Like it's messing with your head. Like get out of there. Like what's the big deal? Um, so, so I, I still have this vibe that there is something off with Margaret. Like, yes, she was, you know, a mom, she was a wife or whatever, but she obviously had some, some mental things going on that you can endure something like she did. Um, so I felt like there was something off for her to give up so much for that house, which is what she did. She gave her husband, like she let him die horribly in the basement. Um, even though it was a piece of shit you know, touche, um, but she just let him die horribly in the basement and sacrificed her relationship with her daughter to stay in that house because she wouldn't even let her daughter come visit. Um, so that's just kind of the vibe that I got that she, she wanted that home so bad. She didn't care who it hurt or, or what it kept her from. Yeah. I don't know that she, mm-hmm. I don't know that she did not allow Catherine to visit. I think Catherine just chose not to visit because she was just too busy in her own life and never wanted to come back to the stress and the chaos that was her childhood. She never wanted to re encounter it. She was very content with just having a phone call not being in their presence, not being in the room together, not watching what Hal might be doing, what she might be doing. She didn't want to be a part of any of it. She wanted to make sure they were both alive and then move on with her day. So it wasn't that I thought that Margaret didn't want her daughter to visit. It's just that Catherine never wanted to. And then when Catherine did, it happened to be during the month of September, which was like the worst of the worst. So I think she would have welcomed Catherine to come. I just think Catherine didn't want to give him the time of day to do that. I mean, she talked about a lot of that. Like, she never came to visit. She was already moved on to college before she even left high school and things like that. Like, she was aware that her daughter had checked out and left a long time ago. Yeah. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why Catherine didn't want to be around mom and dad. The traumas of childhood are real, man. Yeah. Um, has anyone experienced a ghost story or sleep paralysis that you would like to share with the class? I will not go into my sleep paralysis ones because I know it's like a fashion right now for people to have them. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be about my stuff. Yeah. If, have Wait, you not looked at any of the TikToks and stuff? It's like a huge thing. In fact, Haley mentioned, no. I will say this. So my, 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 I think, I think some it's of us have it. I know, I'm like, anyway, I can't even. Know. <laughs> she brought it up in class one day in her psychology class because her teacher talked about something and mentioned and 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 she was like, can nobody talk about sleep paralysis because that shit's not real or said something along those lines. And Haley was like, but wait a minute, my mom gets that. My mom has had that. And she was like, well, that's that's a lie. Everything that you guys are watching on TikTok and stuff, that's not real. That doesn't really happen. And so I had Haley show me some stuff. And that is a like a fad for people to talk about their experiences of sleep paralysis or whatever. Like they do a little snippet and it gets passed around to see if you're mentally disturbed. I guess that's a new cool thing these days. So I won't go into detail exactly what happens in mine, but yes, I I have on numerous occasions experienced it. It's usually when my stress levels are really intense um, or Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm – I feel like sometimes a lot of mine are – this sounds crazy too because I don't believe in the ghost stuff, but I feel like some of them are like premonitions because I can read into them and then something usually happens along the lines of my story, which is interesting. Um, Like I had one and then – some crap popped off with one of my kids one time, another time similar situation happened. So I feel like sometimes it's just my inner mind telling me things and my, I'm so overwhelmed by my own anxiety and what's going on in my world. My body can't handle what my mind is trying to tell me and it shuts down in the process and it comes mm-hmm. out in a different way. And so that's what I think my sleep paralysis is. Um, so I won't go into like the details of what it was, but yes, I am one of those that definitely has had several nights of being woken up by my husband going, what the fuck is wrong with you? So those are fun. Um, well, I have a a weird one where, so, and you probably remember this, Vanessa, when I was working at, um, back at, what is it? Norcross back in the day, I used to get to work super fucking early, like at uh, 6am. So I would get to work super early, be the first one in the door. Sometimes when I'm letting my computer restart, I would lay my head down. I just so happened to fall asleep, which I don't normally do. And I remembered hearing like somebody else who was coming to the office pull up. I remember hearing them open the door, unlock it. I could not move until they touched me. Like I heard them coming in, but I was just like, I was like, wake up, Samantha, wake up, Samantha. And I couldn't, like I could not physically move. Once they touched me, I was like, thank God. Like, thank you for like moving me. (laughs) Like, and I don't know, I honestly, I haven't experienced much of that again, but I still remember that vividly where I heard all these things happening, but I couldn't convince my body to wake up and move. It was so weird. Like, so weird. I've I've researched this a lot. So I have, I have come to, to my understanding of it and my feelings about it is that sleep paralysis is something that you can kind of experience it genetically. A lot of people in our family do experience it. Our mom, she wants to call it something else, but our mom experiences sleep paralysis. Our brothers have experienced it. All three of us girls have experienced it. I think Roseanne, you might be the only person who has not experienced sleep paralysis in our family. Um, And I've done some research on it and it does, (laughs) when you are stressed, when you're highly stressed, it does come on. It is, it is a bit of a, um, that can affect it. And Sam, 
I think why you experience it like that was because so sleep paralysis is like when your body, your body is still stuck in REM sleep, but your mind is starting to wake up and it's starting to come out of it, but your body isn't, isn't there yet. It's still stuck in REM. So you can't move any part of your body, but your brain is very active. And so Ness, you experience it in kind of nightmare mm-hmm. form, which is horrific. Minor um, Sammy, you were like, you were literally like, it, you were in like that in between state of sleep and your body couldn't come out of it, but your brain was aware of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I, I hit somewhere in the middle where it's terrifying what's happening to me, but it's not nightmarish, like what Vanessa experiences. My, when I have sleep paralysis, it's always that somebody is coming in my room, but they're a person. Like, I know it's a person. I hear them unlock doors, come in my room. Like for me, it's something else. Um, and it that you have to, there's tricks you can do of like, you know, so if you have sleep paralysis, like here's a little tip for you, like wiggle your toes. That's what you start because you, you're tr- essentially trying to wake your body up. So number one, you can't let yourself panic, which is easier said than done whenever um, it's important to note sleep paralysis feels like you are experiencing it because mm-hmm. your brain is awake. Your brain thinks it's happening to you. So like in my personal experiences, I think someone has come into my room and they're getting in my bed. Mm-hmm. I feel my bed move. I feel them behind me. Like this is all very real happening. And you're, you react like, you know, your insides are telling you scream, get up, run, but you can't move. You can't make a sound. You know, they described it as a, um, cause Margaret, the reason we're bringing this up, Margaret experiences sleep paralysis and she describes it as floating in a vat of honey where she couldn't scream. She couldn't move. She was just kind of paralyzed there. And there's a reason they call it paralysis. You know, you are truly, um, and yeah, so the, the trick is just to slowly start waking your body up, try to move any parts of you. But that's why when someone touches you, it will wake you up because um, it kind of pulls your body out of yeah. the sleep. But, you know, like, like I'll make sounds. Greg will hear me making like sounds like I'm, I'm screaming. But honestly, trying to move. Yes. You're trying yes, to get yeah. up. And, I, yeah. and I'm yeah. And I'm like, I'm like screaming, like trying to get his attention. I've, I've heard my dog whining in response to me. Like I'll be able to watch the clock, like an alarm clock next to me. I can see time passing because my brain is like there but i can't get my body to move and it's just it's it'll happen for 30 minutes at a time so like for my trick is if i'm really stressed don't take a nap because i'm gonna get sleep paralysis <laughs> oh my God. yeah don't take a nap yeah because that's when my body will be like haha you're fucked like early morning like you could wake up really early and then take a nap like you did sam mm-hmm. where you just rest your eyes after and that's what it morning. was yeah prime prime pickings for sleep mm-hmm. paralysis yeah yeah that's actually it's happened to me twice when i've done something like that i've taken a little quick yep. little nap like thinking you could just yep. rest my eyes yeah and it's I, and i go deep like <laughs> yep yeah yep you you won't catch me going back to sleep if i wake up early in the morning i'm done for the day you will not catch me go back to sleep like yeah. i don't care if it was 3 a.m when i woke up i'm done yeah because i'm not about to risk that again Mm-hmm. It's a creepy sensation. It's not too, a fun feeling. You can like you can like feel it getting ready to take hold of you. Yeah. At least I can sometimes. And yep. right when I know it's happening, I have I like I'm screaming in my head, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, and I have to like and I jerk myself up like I'm falling out of something a lot of times because it it feels like that at moments. It can get really it can be really mm-hmm. intense. And then I won't sleep for the rest of the night. So there's that. Because I'm terrified I'll go back into it. So it's a weird mm-hmm. it's very weird. Thing. I definitely have to manage my stress levels big time sometimes. And like when I always know when it's going to hit, I'm like, God, I'm going to have one of those nights. I know it. I have to like warn Ben. Yep. P.S. When you hear me yep. fidgeting or doing something or if you hear a sound, wake my ass up because you know what's happening. Um, I've, ha- I've been able to like – sometimes when I have them, it's not just that I'm silent or mumbling. I've, I've legitimately screamed out loud and he's been terrified. Yeah. Dogs have been freaked out. Kids have been freaked out. Like it's and – and I'm still like frozen in my state, but I'm screaming sometimes. So they have to like – it's very weird. So it's it's mm-hmm. interesting how everybody has a different reaction to what sleep paralysis is or mm-hmm. feels like to them. 
mind is a tricky thing, guys. Mm-hmm. 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 like, damn, do I need Man, this? Man, that stress mm-hmm. nest. Well, honestly, I haven't had one in a long time. The last one I had, I remember, and it was whenever I was working in Norcross. So that was that was many, many years ago. ago. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's enough. It was still vivid enough that I remember it, like, moment for moment because it was so disturbing. Like, it's it, there's nothing more disturbing than not being able to move your body. Yes. And being aware of it. Like, it was very disturbing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you remember when it first happened for you, Ness? Do you remember how young you were when it started? I was a teenager when it first started. Yeah, I was too. Yeah. I was too. I think it was in our basement. I was 17, 18. I was 18. Mine was when we were in the basement, when we first moved into the basement Mine was in the basement too. decorated the walls with that crazy blue and all that stuff. That was- the stars, the horoscopes. Yeah. (laughs) It was that room. Great. And it was- it was a guy who came in to get you, Samantha. But there was it was what? a guy that came in and got you. He's wearing flannel. Vanessa, mm-hmm. look, I am not going to sleep. That was your tonight. dream. Yeah. That was your was dream. Mm-hmm. I watched it all happen, and I <gasps> oh could do God. nothing to save her. It was horrific. Did you know this, Sammy? I think I'm the first time hearing this. I didn't want to tell you and scare you. <laughs> well, thank oh. you. I'm also home Tonight's alone the night. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alrighty. Damn. Well, here's my sleep paralysis night. <laughs> Pass it on. <laughs> I know. And I'm like the nap queen. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, I have weird dreams sometimes, but no, I've never experienced the stuff that you guys talk about. Thank God. I hope tonight's mm-hmm. not the night for me either. Lucky. You won't, you won't catch me taking a nap. Mm-mm. Yeah. I love naps. I would die if I don't have naps. I've been thinking about your 3 p.m. naps on a, like a daily basis, just and, so you know. And I do you, think about them. Are, I, I, keep, I just think about them. I haven't I haven't done them yet, but I think about them often. I'm like, man, it's 3 p.m. I bet Rosanne's napping. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Would, that's when I have a cup of, that's my cup of coffee too. that I use Same. to get through the rest of yeah. the day. But, I was, but I've been thinking yeah. about joining you in the ranks, actually, Rosie. Well, I'm saying instead of drinking the cup of coffee, just go take a 20-minute siesta like the hardworking men do from another country. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and and risk the demon coming in my room? No, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. No, thanks. Am I so boring yeah. that ghost and sleep demons don't even want to come visit me? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, she's this, so uneventful. Like, this bitch is sleeping so hard that we already know she's already paralyzed. So we're good. <laughs> They're trying. (laughs) I have nothing fun to report. (laughs) Yeah, I I got nothing. But um, I I am always intrigued in hearing them. And I I have friends. I've heard stories. And they're very adamant in their stories. So I do believe that people do experience that. Thankfully, I do not. Because I'm also a huge pussy. <laughs> she is. <laughs> um. All right. Well, are we are we ready for reviews? Have we discussed everything there is to discuss? I think so. I don't think there's anything hours, left in this book we, we have not have. touched. Yeah. <laughs> um, we made it three and a half hours without Vanessa mentioning the time. Actually, this is the third time. <laughs> She's been. This is the third time. She's been I've doing been this doing in the background. She's been doing the whole the the whole Sons of Anarchy shit that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Oh, come on. Well, let's go. <laughs> Rally up. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm talking, so I'll just go. Great. Um, I gave it five stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. 
I, I loved every aspect of this book. I loved yeah. the comedic factor that played into all the horror. Like if you, if you took out the comedy of the book, it would be super scary and super creepy, but she wrote it in a way to where you're not terrified. Um, it was enjoyable to read, you know, um, still scary if you thought about it. Yes. But just beautifully written in all the little different aspects. Um, at the end, I had to really slow my roll and like read, you know, the whole scene to, you know, to use my imagination, which I don't love doing, but um, I wanted to make sure I was really um, capturing everything she was saying about what was happening, make sure I was envisioning in it well. Um, even though I had to use my imagination, I still gave it five stars. Um, I It was a great book, especially for her first book, like amazing mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I would definitely call it a must read for anybody looking for a good read period or definitely a spooky read like she hit all the notches. So mm-hmm. great job in my book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Steffi? Um, ditto, five stars. Loved everything. Loved it all. Loved the, I laughed a lot reading this. And I'm a huge scaredy cat with like horror in general. I don't watch scary movies. I rarely read scary books, but I find myself reading more than watching. So, but I wasn't scared reading this. Like Sam, you mentioned being scared a couple of times, but I don't think I was ever scared. I even read this camping and I would read it at night out sitting out by the fire by myself and I was fine. I would listen to it. You know, um, I did both audible and reading it. I did both. I just flipped back and forth. The narrator did a great job. So if you're looking for a fun audible read this spooky season, this is a good one. Um, and it's also great to read it. So I five stars all the way. Loved it. I'm so impressed. This was her first book. I can't wait to see what else she writes. Cause this was awesome. She did a really good job, tied everything up, neat little bows, had some twist in there. You never quite knew where it was going. So even if you had a theory, you weren't sure, like she would kind of throw you for a loop. And so I just loved it all. Every bit of it. Ness. Same. Five stars. Um, I love a book that confuses me. I love a book that Mm -hmm. throws my theory out the window and makes me go, what the? Um, I like that it was not logically, it like that it didn't logically make sense. I love that you, you have, you have to think that it's not, this is, this is what it is that goes through real, that this is all reality. This was not just a mentally insane little old lady. Um, I love that it was all women as the last one standing in this house, women and children. I thought that, you know, I love women. So mm-hmm. that was awesome. Um, there were no men, no cops, no nothing left over. It was just ladies standing in the yard. The one female cop survived. Like I just, I thought that was great. Um, I loved the parallels between the domestic abuse and the mindset of that women go through or that the abusive the buzy goes through and how that correlated to the house and what she was willing to tolerate um, and how the personality of that person comes out in, into what they're willing to be accommodating with and the rules that they have to follow and how that plays into every aspect of their lives, even in something super supernatural like this. Um, I love that this was her first writing. I laughed a lot, which was great because it did take away from that horror, horror part of the story. I never... I never felt scared in this story, and that could be because of her comedic relief, because the way it read, um, she would crack a joke in the middle of something horrific happening, which I felt was was very great. It made it easy to read and not need to keep your mm-hmm. lights on. Um, so I loved that. I definitely, I gave it five stars. I'd recommend it to anybody. It was wonderful. It wasn't just mm-hmm. a vacation read. It's a good-ass time, and it's great. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. 
Sammy? So same. I, I give it a five too. Yeah. I'm like I can't even, you guys literally described everything I was going to say. The only things I'll, I'll add to it. So I gave it a five and I, this is one of the first books I think I've given a five. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this book so much that I also ordered the hardback copy knowing I'm not going to get it for like another month. Like I don't even know when it's going to get mm-hmm. here, but I just want it on my bookshelf. Like I need to have mm-hmm. this book. I want to share it with people. It was great. Um, you're right, Vanessa, the comedic parts were very well-timed. Like she didn't overdo it, didn't make it cheesy. It was, but, but honestly, what scared me is I envisioned this as a movie and I'm like, I would be shitting my pants in this part of the movie right now. Like that's how I envisioned it. Um, and what I loved is she, she played into everybody's basement fear, right? Like we all hate the fucking basement, right? Like our parents had the laundry in the basement and guess who did the laundry? Samantha Kirk or Samantha Hall at the time. And so I would run up the stairs so fast with the laundry. It wasn't, it was like, she, they played into our basement fears perfectly. Um, so five stars. I, I thoroughly enjoy this book as well. Awesome guys. Guys, is this our first like collective five star? Yes, it is. Yeah. Cause we, we're normally four stars and up as a group, but this is our first five yeah. star across the board. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Great job, Carissa. Very good, Carissa. Nice work. You can rest now, my dear. You have written the best book you're ever going to write. We all loved it. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how she could top this, honestly, in terms of if she wrote another spooky type story. I think this probably takes the cake. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just incredibly well-written the comedic factor I think was the saving grace yep. for this very scary book. I think we all agreed, like take away the funny part of it. It would be absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to see it adapted. That would be awesome. It would be also terrifying, but I think it would be really good if they could somehow adapt that into film to still keep the comedic factor of it. So we'll see. If it was adapted, can we go ahead and hear who you were going to say? Can we like skip to that segment? Yeah, let's do that segment. Oh, do you want to? Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Well, ready? Because I have ideas as well. I do too. And you guys would be like, great, Stephanie, here she goes again. I got one. (laughs) I got two. Um, I picked a Frederica while we were talking. So you're welcome. Okay. Well, I'm not picking Frederica yet. Okay. First, I'm picking Margaret. So I picked Andy McDowell. Yes, that's who I picked. Yes. Really? Great job, Rosie. Yes. Okay. That is all I envisioned okay. when I was reading this book yeah. was her. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. would be yes. really good. A la the maid. Yes. Okay. So while we're in the maid vibe, I'm going to go ahead and pick her daughter in real life as also the daughter that played in the maid as Catherine as well. Her name's Margaret Qualley. Q-U-A-L-L-E-Y. And that's who I chose oh, for Catherine. Um, and that's her daughter in real life. Yes. I th- I like her a lot. I just thought she was a great yeah. actress in that one. So, yes, mm-hmm. that would be good. Yeah, I was just envisioning I... what? No, <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Keep going. Wow. Keep going. Keep going. No, please ruin the day and say who you thought. Um, let me get her name. Uh... Jennifer Carpenter. Oh my god! Oh, she looks very similar to her, though. Don't they have similar looks? 
And she has very much so, what the fuck? Like, that's like her vibe, like all the time. The Dexter girl, Dexter's sister, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dexter's sister. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is Dexter's sister? What? Okay, okay. yeah, no, she, she, oh. you know what? In fact, that picture that shows up, like, on the bottom right corner for YouTube, like, right there in the corner, like, that her face is perfect. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> mm, I still like my girl better, but she wouldn't be horrible. Yeah. They're both good I options. just had her in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll allow it. Um, so, keeping in the maid theme, <laughs> um, for Hal, I chose Billy Burke. B-U-R-K-E. And he also played the husband in that show, The Maid. I just felt like they all meshed well <laughs> together there and could also mesh well in this vibe. He's not a bad what pick. What are we thinking? Um, you know who I had in mind was uh, uh, William Defoe. He's got that real kind of just he's because the way they described Hal is he's tall, he's thin, yeah, um, Ooh, not very good. attractive, and he, but he gets kind of like weird at the end, like he has like a crooked smile. But honestly, this Billy Burke guy is good too. I didn't think about him, but he's good too. Mm, but go to William no Defoe. Ma- he creeps me. Yeah, no, ma'am. William Defoe. Exactly, no, which no, is ma'am. why he's perfect. <laughs> he might no, be ma'am. a really good va- no. like like master master Vale. I think master Vale. Oh, maybe so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Especially picture two <laughs> yeah. showing up. Yeah, he's Google. an excellent master. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> no, he looks like an old ass Mario. Why does everyone look like Mario? <laughs> Mario. Um, okay, and so for Edie, I picked Kathy Bates. Okay. Okay. No, she's good. She's good. I could see her saying funny little okay. things like, "Yeah, well, she was a heavy set woman. You know? She was heavy set. Yeah. yeah, she was, you know, rustling, waddling down the mm-hmm. driveway, <laughs> always smiling. You know, she has this like creepy smile. Yeah, no, she's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Frederica, I chose while I was on the podcast with you guys, Sally Field. What do you think? Um. Look at all you young bitches Googling Sally. I'm just no, I only did because I wanted to see woman. like pictures. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to like. Um, I'm on the fence. Stephanie doesn't even understand because she's young fence. as fuck. She doesn't even know Sally Field. I do love Sally Oh, Field. yes, I do. Do you, Vanessa, do you love her? Do you, do you not? Um, <laughs> Have you not watched Steel Magnolias? Who doesn't love her? Or smoke. Actually, Smoking the Bandit was a great movie. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> I mean, she was just an older lady who I could see being proper with the like team and yes. just you know. Mm-hmm. Who else, Stephanie? Since you're not liking it, I I, I honestly did not have a person picture for Frederica. I didn't, but I, I also I don't I don't envision like characters of movies as I these are people that I, I make in my own head, you know. So I can't always like sometimes somebody will come to me like Dexter's sister like that like oh that's who it is. But it's even after the fact like when I'm thinking okay. about it, is there a character coming to mind? It's not as I'm reading, so I have no one for Frederica. I'd have to sit here and think about Frederica, and that's your job. So no. Oh okay. Well, that's all I chose for the characters. Okay. So that's that. Okay. Nice, yeah. nice. Okay. Hey, I'm. I, all right. You definitely were right on the Margaret. Like honestly, I'm so glad you picked yeah. her because she was yeah. all I thought about. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 
Um, okay. Well, then, do we want to go into Ness's one-off session then? Okay. The one-off I picked this time, all of us have read. Right, Samantha, you read this one too? I think. Okay. So feel free to chime in because it this one is a good one too. So I want everyone to, to read this if you can. Um, so the one I picked was, is called Hidden Pictures by Jason Reculik. I hope I said that right. So sorry if I didn't. Um, this story is about Mallory Quinn. She's a 21-year-old recovering addict, fresh out of rehab, when she takes a job as a live-in nanny for Ted and Carolyn Maxwell to their five-year-old son, Teddy. Mallory immediately loves it. She has her own living space in the family's detached cottage and enjoys the security, peace, and her nightly runs. She genuinely enjoys her time with Teddy, a sweet, shy boy who is never without his sketchbook and pencil. They spend most of their mornings playing in the woods out back that they call the Enchanted Forest. During her summer watching their son, Teddy, Mallory begins to suspect that Teddy is in some sort of danger and that she is either in the middle of a supernatural conflict or suffering mental instabilities possibly from her drug use. Teddy's artwork went from the youthful, childlike drawings of rabbits, trees, and balloons to something much more sinister, a man in a forest dragging a woman's lifeless body. The same woman, who Teddy claims, sleeps under his bed each night and sings him to sleep. Freaked out by this, Mallory enlists the help of her librarian friend and pot-smoking spiritualist neighbor, Mitzi. Mallory soon discovers a murderous tale and starts to wonder if the art Teddy draws are glimpses of a long, unsolved murder, perhaps relayed by a supernatural force. Knowing just how crazy all it sounds, Mallory nevertheless sets out to decipher the images and save Teddy before it's too late. This book, first of all, you have to read the actual book. Get the hard book or on um, Kindle, because the, re the other reason it's called Hidden Pictures is they do a very good job of literally putting in hidden pictures throughout this novel, that are renditions of what Teddy draws. Um, adds a whole new layer to the story. It makes it super fun, kind of brings the images to life that are, each of the images is described very well, but then you see the actual picture and it just sets it off. This book by far was creepier to me than what we just currently read. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. This one definitely yep. hit in different ways. Um, so it's super creepy. It has a little bit of comedy inside of it. And then towards the end, it's very gut-wrenching. So it, it, I do want to warn you, there is, a, there is some child abuse in the story, so I will go ahead and throw that out there for those who may not have already read this one. Um, so in, theory, in, in short, uh, if you are in search of a book that gives you a little bit of insomnia, makes you want to plug in that old dusty nightlight, then this one's for you. You won't be disappointed. I gave this book also a five stars. Mm -hmm. So it's Hidden Pictures by Jason Reculek. I had to Google that a couple times before this to make sure I said it right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Five stars for me too on that yeah, book. It was good. Yeah, that was a good yeah. book. It has a and major twist that you were not expecting in that story, so I will throw that out there as well. Very good. Mm -hmm. And it's been optioned by Netflix to bring to the big screen. And you're going to be fucking scared yes, shitless will. i think mm -hmm. if they mm -hmm. do this well yeah yes very yeah. good mm -hmm. i'm pretty excited about it mm -hmm. okay um our oldie but goodie steph is actually going to take over this segment because she had a good suggestion for a book that i have not read yet so i'm going to turn this part oh. over to steph okay um i what came to mind for me 
for this episode was The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. Has anybody else read it? I have. No? I have. You have? Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. All right. I'm, I'm just going to give a very tiny, tiny summary. Basically, um, the reason I picked this book, too, is because, to me, this is a good read if you want the vibes of spooky without actual horror. That's what this book yes. was for me. Um, it's basically about a young woman who is a, a, a tarot card reader. She has a fake tarot card business she inherited from her mother who has recently passed. Um, and she gets a letter about an inheritance. She thinks they have the wrong person, but she decides because she is poor that she is going to try to get her hands on this money anyways. And she ends up becoming very embroiled in a mystery about inheritance, her family, and a possible murder. Um, and it's just got some spooky vibes that hint towards supernatural, but you know, it, it doesn't quite get there. So if you want to read that is not actually supernatural, but gives you that spookiness, that's a good one to read. And it, it came out in 2018, so it's a little bit older. Um, but Ruth Ware is a good, um, she's a good mystery thriller. Mm-hmm. Vacation, easy, easy read, read yeah, in between. Yeah. In between some <clears throat> of the bigger, heavier books you read. I like Ruth Ware is like a palate cleanser yes, for me. Agreed. <laughs> I, I keep her books a little <laughs> stack of them. <laughs> I love her stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one was fun. It was good. It was very good. It, you're right. It does have like that. It kind of starts to give you that supernatural vibe and it really sets that off just mm-hmm. with the fact that she's a tarot card reader, which is, you know, we all know what that is. So I, I feel like that really set the preface for it. So you immediately assume all of that is happening in the story. Um, and it does yeah. not have horror in it. So you don't have to read the gory parts that this last book had. Um, but it's definitely suspenseful. It's great right to the end. Um, mm-hmm. I also really, really like that book. Okay. Um, on to some TV shows, movies worth mentioning based off books. Um, we've got a remake of The Exorcist coming up. It's called The Exorcist Believer. That's coming out in movie theaters October 6th. Um, no. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> I, I'm probably not going to watch it. I'm not either. And the reason I... <laughs> one in here is because they actually in the book reference the exorcist so that's actually where hal and margaret go on a date they go and watch the exorcist movie and hal's like that movie scared the shit out of me and of course margaret all accommodating is like actually so the priest was just trying to save the daughter like she makes it like a a love story or whatever (laughs) exactly saves yeah. yeah um but yeah, so I actually put this for, for the old movie, but I didn't realize there's a new one coming out. So yes, good luck to all you guys who want to go watch this movie and sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> Not I. <laughs> Negative. I actually have never watched the original one. Oh, wow. Me either. I, I feel like it's been a hot minute, like a, a very long time ago. So like, I don't remember in my adult mind, you know, how creepy it was or not. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't do well with possession yeah. type stuff. I think that probably comes from our up- upbringing. Like I just, if there's demonic possession, I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a no. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, who put this in here? I did. I've not the read it one. yet. Vanessa, take it. Um, well, I've not read it yet, so I have nothing to say other than Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, which for those of us who may have read the fault in our stars or watched the movie that one has also been picked up and it's going to be an hbo series um date still to be determined but it has been picked up for that i've not read it yet but i did i did love the fault in our stars i think um i don't know if any of you guys read it but i cried heavily in that book i did not so much the show but definitely the book yeah i read it on a plane that is a big mistake because i cried on the plane (laughs) 
Yeah, that is definitely yeah. a tearjerker. So, yes. <laughs> I'll let you take the next the next one. Oh yes, too, guys. Vanessa. So the one-off book that I did um, from last month, uh, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus is coming out. Um, it's going to be released on October 13th on Apple TV. Roseanne, if you could please remember to put your password again in the group chat, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, she I let her I subscription lapse. I can't lapse. <laughs> what? <laughs> I canceled it. Samantha's muted. She's she's heavily. Speaking, she's running she's her muted. mouth, running her mouth, and she's muted. <laughs> I have an Apple TV subscription. Yes. <laughs> Send me, the, send me the details. I need it. It is, it is all I can do for all the audible abuse Great. that you guys take from me. Thank you. Thank if you. you'll post your information you. in the group chat when this is over, that would be appreciated. I yeah. shall. I shall. You said Apple TV, right? Apple TV. I'm, I'm very okay, excited I got about that. that I got that. I, I can't wait to see how it goes. So. Yeah. Um, and whoever put this on here, probably you, Nessie, The Fall of the House of Usher is being adapted to Netflix um, coming out October 12th based on the short story by Edgar Allan Poe, uh, looks creepy, weird, everything you would expect from an Edgar Allan Poe. I'm, I'm stoked to get into this one. Lots of crows, I bet, right? There's some crows involved. <laughs> it's always fucking crows. Uh, Although I think they're mag. It's, it's, it's a raven. It's a raven, first of all. Oh, oh. The Fall of the House Sorry. of Usher. What was that one about? I don't remember. I don't even remember. But the people are wearing the weird a- masks in the preview, like the trailer thing. I have a book. Of, I have a, a thing. Mom got me one of uh, Edgar Allan Poe's short stories. I'll see if that's in there. It's interesting to see. I haven't. I haven't read it. In a it long would time, be in there. Yeah, if you it's have a short story his, collection, it's one it should of be his in most there. Famous. Yes. Uh-huh. Agreed. I never okay. was a huge fan of Edgar Allan Poe, so I don't actually know the premise of it. I just I'm, I was never into dark stuff at that time. So, and as I've gotten older, I still am not. I was because I was trying to be cool. I'm still not into dark stuff, so I've yet to really read any of his, other than the ones they force you to read in high school. Um, if it helps you guys get any more into it, the, this uh, it talks about it. the family's incestuous tradition has for many years been the main reason for the slow decline of the family lineage. So a little V.C. Andrews advice. Nice. Now I'm so interested. V.C. Andrews, yeah. Yeah, nice. Ew. <laughs> it's, it's one that uses the house to symbolize both the decay and ultimate collapse of bloodline tainted by incest. Nice. Jesus. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> You have my attention. (laughs) How fucked are we? (laughs) There's incest. I'm game. Yeah. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) Turtles all the way down. Not so much. Incest. Yes. Um, Okay. What's next here? A haunting in Venice. An adaptation. Oh my God. This is adaptation. Agatha Christie's Halloween party. Who wrote Me? this? Please take okay. over. Okay. Vanessa, Thank you. Take okay. over. Uh, a haunting in Venice is so the same um, people who did the movie of Orient, the murder on the Orient Express and murder on the Nile. For those of you who have may not read it, it's got a detective that kind of goes through and tries to solve this murder mystery in whatever setting it is. Um, it's very good. Those are very good. Um, this is very similar fashion, except it's a spooky haunted version of it. So it's not uh, who did the murder. It's more of are these things real? Um, and that one, I believe, is already out, if I'm not mistaken. It came out on September 15th. So by the time this airs, I think hopefully some of you guys can just rent it, um, which is what I intend to do. Um, okay. okay. Yeah, those are good. 
Um, okay. And the next one. Please take the next one. I was gonna. I was. I was. Gonna, I can guarantee that was. I know. <laughs> Has anybody <laughs> nothing of this? Have one of you guys read Wicked or seen Wicked? Okay, so Wicked is one of my favorite mm. Broadways. Uh, Haley and I went for her 16th birthday, and we went to New York, and we saw Wicked on Broadway, and it was amazing. Highly recommend it. Um, anyway, they are turning that into um, a movie, which um, I think Ariana Grande is going to be in it. It doesn't come out till next year. Um, but uh, it's going to be really good. So Wicked is about the witches of um, the Wizard, Wizard of, Oz. of Oz. So it's Wizard it doesn't Oz, follow yeah. Dorothy and all of them. It's the witches before they become witches, like as they're still teenagers growing into that person oh, cool. they're going to become. And what sparks them into being either the good or the bad witch and how their lives are impacted. So it's they start off as friends and whatever else. It's very good, very good. So. Have you been to it at the Fox Theater here in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So you've already done yeah. it. I was wondering. I like, mean, I would um, go again. If it would be worth like a sister's thing. Yeah. Um, I have friends that go and just think it's like so, it's so awesome. Good. And I just wonder if I'm missing out on something. It's so good. I mean, I went to the Nutcracker. a lot, right? Well, and like the ballet, like that was honestly, it was a really good show. Like it's, it, once you go and watch it in person, it's different. Like you think it's going to be like boring, but it's not. Like they mm-hmm. keep you entertained. Like there's a lot going on. Black so like you should go see a, a musical or Broadway or something. Yes. It's, it's amazing. And hmm. to get some culture. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. A little culture in your life. Did you say okay. theater? I mean, I'm there, guys. <laughs> um, I mean, how do you feel about Ariana Grande though? Like, is she going to have her annoying voice? You know what? She, she, you can say She's what you want gonna... about her. She sings amazing. She has been an Here actress for a while. Like I like Ariana Grande is better than Taylor Swift. I want that? you to envision the wizard of Jesus. Oz and, and Ariana Grande is going to play Glinda, which is the witch of the North, the good witch who comes down. She's got the little the good witch, okay. the high pitched voice and a little squeaky. And she's so tiny and petite and just all of these things. That's who she's going to play. And in the Broadway okay. of Wicked, she is that very much that personality that's kind of annoying. The valley girl, the blonde, whatever, that just kind of annoys oh, the okay. shit out of you a little bit. I think she'll, I think she's going to kill it. So. Okay. I'll allow mm-hmm. that. Okay. All right. Let's outro this bitch. Mm-hmm. So instead of our normal spiel, we have a bit of news to share. For starters, we hate to break it to you guys, but this will be our last podcast until the new year. Collectively, we have a lot going on, and with the holidays coming up, we've decided to hit the pause button on our fun little project. But it's only for a couple months while we get our lives together. Also, we're going to be shaking things up a bit. We've learned a ton over the last several months, thanks to all the feedback from our awesome listeners. We will begin releasing our podcast at the end of each month moving forward to keep in line with the Book of the Month theme. That means our next release date will be January 31st, 2024. So mark your calendars. And if you're not already following our Instagram, guys, what are you waiting for? We will still be popping in to say hey and highlight any of our current reads, new one-off recommendations, or any other fun book finds we discover over the holidays. If you are one of our fabulous followers, first of all, we want to thank you. Second, please drop us a line and let us know how we did. The good and the bad, we want to hear from you. If you have any recommendations for us during this break, please share. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe to our channel wherever you get your podcasts. Take this break as your hint to play catch up on any episodes you may have missed in season one. Oh, and please remember to tell a friend to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Cheers and happy holidays from your favorite LT sisters. We'll see you in 2024. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. 
and happy new year's bitches <laughs>